1: What's up, Gypsy Gang? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, I'm bringing you a really awesome podcast with a gentleman by the name of Denon Kemp. If you've never heard... Of Denon before, you might have heard of his podcast, Bloke in a Bar. Uh, It's one of the biggest sporting podcasts in Australia. I've been following it for a lot of years and I've been in contact with Denon for a bit and we've wanted to make this podcast happen for a bit. Um, But he's in Sydney, I'm on the Goldie. Turns out he was up in the Goldie this week and was using our studio uh, to do some interviews with a couple of the NRL guys. We jumped on a chance to get him on and this was a very selfish podcast for me, if I'm honest, because there's just not that many people that I know, especially in Australia, um, that are running a podcast at the level that what Denon is. He's got 12 staff, I think he said. Um, He's got a beer company, a bar that is um, built off of it. So yeah, he's just a guy that I I look up to a lot in what he does with his brand. Um, And yeah, it's just really cool to be able to talk to a guy that kind of has been through some of the stuff that I've been through. Obviously, business is business, um, but when you get a guy that's in the exact same business, he's in sport, like doing the whole thing. um, Yeah, it's just not that many podcasters out there that are sort of running the kind of business that that he's running. So this was a really cool conversation. Three hours went by way too quickly. um, And, to be honest, we just didn't even really talk about half of the stuff that I thought we would. Um, this just ended up being one of those really fun back and forward, go wherever the conversation goes kind of chats. And I'm really stoked that I could bring it to you guys. Also, you can head to gypsytales.com. That's our membership website. This podcast has been up there for over a week now. Um, so, you know, if you run run low on Gypsy Tales, if you're all caught up, then uh, that's where you need to go to get the podcast pretty much the same day as we record them. It takes us between like four days and a week to get all the video edited and the ads done and all the social media and all the stuff. So we basically bypass that whole process and just put the full shows straight on our members feed. Um, So you get them the same day if you have signed up to uh, gypsytales.com. That's it from me. Uh, I will just get... Some messages from some of our other sponsors, and then we are right into this episode. Just going to give you an announcement of a new sponsor uh, that I actually chased down uh, to get them on the podcast, and that was because I really wanted to start using their products again. So, to welcome Athletic Greens to the podcast. Now, if you've been following the podcast recently, you would know that we're on a massive health kick uh, as we get ready to take on World Vets at Glen Helen in November of 2023. Athletic Greens is not only an all-in-one formula that helps me just cover all my nutritional bases. Uh, It's also the first healthy habit that I have uh, that starts every single day. Before my morning coffee, uh, I get up in the morning, my partner and I mix our Athletic Greens uh, and kickstart the day with AG1. The team at Athletic Greens were so serious about their product Uh, that they actually wouldn't let me do the ad read until I'd been on the product for about a month. Uh, And I'm really glad that that was the case because in this time, I feel like I've definitely seen some improvements. I have been struggling a little bit in the lead up to getting back on AG1 uh, and I've definitely noticed a significant increase, uh, I guess, just in the feeling of my overall gut health. Uh, As far as my partner goes, um, she has said that she's noticed a significant improvement uh, in the condition of her skin uh, and her and other females can have uh, some issues with their skin uh, as their hormones fluctuate throughout the month. At the end of the day, AG1 is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals and whole food sourced ingredients of the highest quality that are able to offer gut health support, mood support, can affect your energy each day and contribute to overall healthier looking hair and skin. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com gypsytails That's athleticgreens.com gypsytails uh, Now, this is not a promo code. You need to specifically follow this link, uh, and that is going to attach your free one-year supply of vitamin D and those five free travel packs. Thank you to the team at Athletic Greens. We're excited to have you on board. We are also brought to you by the team at Manscaped, and newsflash, gentlemen, Valentine's Day is almost here, and by the grace of Cupid, our friends at Manscaped are coming with the best tools to get your boys downstairs ready for the special occasion. I'd like to propose making February 13th National Shave Your Balls Day. Who's with me? Get lucky this V-Day and join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped the leaders in below-the-waist grooming with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code Gypsy Gang for 20% off, plus free shipping. It's kind of funny, there's a famous story in our household of my dad giving my mum motocross boots in his size for Valentine's Day, and uh, it always resonated with me. I was like, you know what, Pete? Good call. Happy man, uh, happy life, I guess, you know? Just uh, something about giving a gift for yourself that makes you feel good so you can make your partner feel good. And I think that's kind of the same vibe here, you know. Get yourself the Manscaped kit, shave your nuts, and then you're going to make your missus happy. Um, So, look, I really think that that there's some logic there. Now, the best way to do this would be the Platinum Package from Manscaped. It is the all-encompassing package that every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little more special, not just for you, but for your missus as well. The headliner in this package is the Lawnmower 4.0. The trimmer's advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate parts and it even has an LED spotlight so you can shave anywhere your heart desires. Did I mention that it is waterproof as well? This package also includes a weed whacker, nose, ear and hair trimmer to whack all the worst of your weeds. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts. Their shed travel bag and their anti-chafing boxer briefs to keep. I've been running the travel bag uh, constantly since I've got it, and this is maybe one of the most handy parts of the kit. Uh, no platinum package is complete without the ultimate hygiene bundle to get your to get you fresh from head to toe. This bundle includes Manscaped's premium body wash, two-in-one shampoo body and ball deodorant and much more infused with aloe vera and sea salt manscape body wash will leave your skin feeling clean fresh and hydrated all date night long and don't forget gents no date night is complete without Manscape’s signature cologne that is guaranteed to put her in cupid's chokehold and you know i love a good chokehold Your balls and lady will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Gypsy Gang at Manscaped.com. You heard me right. That is 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com when you use the code Gypsy Gang. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow with Manscaped this Valentine's Day. Good luck, fellas. We're also brought to you by the guys at MX Store. You can head to mxstore.com.au for all your dirt bike parts and accessories needs. These guys are the biggest in Australia by far. Biggest and best in my personal opinion. Uh, We collectively in the Gypsy Tales office probably do about... Eight trips to MX Store every single week, uh, whether it's new tires, new chain lube, uh, air filters, like you name it, grips, bars, the whole deal. Uh, so the guys at MX Store have always come in for clut- uh, come in clutch for us. I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, they've come in clutch for you uh, at some point. If you order before 2 p.m., you get same day shipping as well. If you are not lucky enough to live close to their Burley warehouse. That's mxstore.com.au. We're also brought to you by the Glove Lord and his lords and ladies uh, that run the awesome company that is Fist Handwear. Uh, you can head to fisthandwear.com. The code Gypsy Gang is going to get you 15% off as well. I don't wear anything else and I haven't since pretty much the day Sammy started that company. I actually did though at one point in Bali when well, I didn't take any gear and I got blisters really bad, so yeah, I guess I have run non-fist gloves one time in 10 years, and I hated it, won't be doing it ever again, fisthandwear.com, we're also brought to you by the guys at Dixon Quality, you can head to dixonquality.com.au, gonna get the same discount there when you type in Gypsy Gang, uh, look, I know we're in summer, but they've got all sorts of stuff, they've got shorts, they've got socks, they've got tees, they've got it all, um, and Rival Inc., they also have it all when it comes to any of the aesthetic needs of your dirt bike, whether that's jersey prints, whether you need stickers for the back of your truck. Maybe you're one of those guys that puts your Instagram handle on the back of your truck. Uh, you can get them from Rival Inc. But what they really specialize in is the best graphics for your dirt bike. Uh, you've seen them on all of our builds and you know that we love the guys at Rival. You can add to rivalinkdesigncode.com, use the code gypsy gang, and that is going to get you 15% off. We don't have a promo code for the Guys at Tropical Auto Group, but if you call Kyle, he is going to hook you up if you're a member of the Gypsy Gang. If you buy a new or used vehicle off him, uh, he will be giving you not only a great deal on the car that you choose but also a $500 gift voucher from the guys at MX Store. Kyle's a G. He's been supporting us for a really long time. Uh, we really appreciate the support, uh, and they are a fantastic company to deal with. That's it from me, guys. Thank you very much. I enjoyed this podcast. I'm at a Gypsy. gypsy, gang, gang, gang. I'm at a gypsy.
0: It's content oh, con- this Stop, good stop con- talking.
1: It's good content. Good. We're wasting good. This could be a clip. <laughs> like your missus like proposed to you. As well. and like oh wait wait, wait good content. Did, are you sure this angle's sweet? <laughs> are you getting? Are you got? Are you rolling on this? Uh, well, speaking of that,
0: are we rolling, Griff? Oh, I was gonna say. Oh, I was gonna say like, you're like you little. You're literally in the middle of being on the tools. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> this is great content. <laughs> yeah, Have yeah, you yeah. heard about the internet and uh, <laughs> what you could you, <laughs> what you could do with these kind of videos. <laughs> you, you <know>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh. Danon Kemp is joining us on the podcast today. He is the bloke in a bar, if you don't know. And I've been waiting for years to do this podcast. I'm very excited. We already we've it's almost like we've been doing a podcast since you got here. So we're just finally rolling now. Yep, so yep. we're not wasting any more good chat. Yep,
0: absolutely. It, I mean, I've seen like I think we met years and like would have been what three or four years ago. We either we either ran into each other or we I met someone that knew what you were doing. And I think you know what Corey Parker. When he started doing something That was like, yeah, what, yeah, two, yeah, three yeah, years yeah, ago Yeah, 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 yeah And yeah. I, I think I yeah, obviously saw you, you did a thing for Yeah, a we're bit doing together. Gypsy and the Fox Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was cool And that, I think that's when I first Got introduced to you Yeah, right And what's you know what else is weird? Is that like So I went to save your number in the phone My phone It was already there ah. That's weird, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've like had that happen before though you just, I mean, are you like a chameleon? Did <laughs> no, no. you get dressed up as a chicken go out one time? While I was blind hit on you or something. Look, it was <laughs> Thailand. <laughs> there was some. There was some
1: fake tan, <laughs> mate. I'm stoked to be here. Stoked to be here. It's funny uh, because you're a guy that I look up to in a lot of ways, even though we've never met. We've mm. like been speaking and stuff. But I'm yep. like, I'm like, man, you're like my best mate that I just don't know yet <laughs> because. We're, we're both in a very unique position mm. and we do a very unique job. And I think that at least mentally, like I can draw so many parallels mm. with your career and like what I do now. Mm. And in Australia, especially like the content world and the podcast world, and like, it's a pretty lonely spot in a sense. Like there's not that many of us that would do what we do on the scale that we do it. And mm. I think you guys have got a little bit more going on on like the commercial front. Mm. But in terms of the position in the sport, your ability to have conversations and control narratives and to uh, then like, I guess like the day-to-day of you running the business and Mm. the merch and there's just not that many people that I could like, I could explain how I'm feeling to you about any given work circumstance. And I feel like you could understand (laughs) in a way that not many other people could.
0: Oh mate, a hundred percent. It's like, I think as well, as you, I guess, progress, it's, do you ever look at some big companies, and you're always like the same few highly skilled people are getting hired by, you know, they may have gone poorly at one company, but then they get hired by another company, and you're going, what the, what the hell's going on? Yeah, there? Yeah, 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 yeah. But what I'm starting to realize is, is that like the further you progress, the more specialized your skill set becomes. Yeah, yeah. So, for example, you know, and you'd be the same. I can host a podcast. It's one of the biggest in the country but i can also run a business i can also create merch i can also create funny content on the internet i mean i see i hope it's funny uh i can also create a beer recipe with a brewer do you know what i mean and so these are like a very wide range of skill set that usually you're quite pigeonholed and it's 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 okay like sometimes it's really good to hone in and specialize in in one thing but like you know a lot of ceos that are Are doing really well. I'm not like a CEO or whatever. You're a girl boss. Uh, I'm a girl boss. I'm a girl boss. But they specialize so in so many different things, and that's what makes them really good at being able to run such a complex thing. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I think a lot of people, even a lot of your fans listening to your podcast, they'd assume that you rock in, you do your podcast, (laughs) you cruise home. And that, that's kind of it. It's that easy. It's that Honestly. easy. It's hey, like, how to start a podcast.
1: <laughs> Rock up, sit
0: down, talk and leave. And, and it's leave. done. That's it. But you know, you've know, you got the generation of revenue to pay the staff, all that kind of stuff that you have to take care of. I mean, it's like any small business. But yeah. I think with podcasting, there is this kind of illusion of just chatting. Yeah. Um, to In saying everything I just said, mate. It's Best enjoying. job in the world. It's yeah, the yeah. fuck. It. We are so lucky. Yeah. And if I, you know what frustrates me sometimes, bro, is like, you know, I've met some other people in the space and, you know, I'll always say, mate, we're so lucky. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, but, like, you know, I worked really hard. Like, I worked yeah, mass yeah. off." I was like, bro, that's a prerequisite. Yeah, like, that's, but that's everything. Yeah, okay, sweet. Like, yeah. what, well, you think the single mum with three kids isn't working hard? The chick that's baking sourdough? You think she's not working hard? <laughs> it's fucking hard to get right. <laughs> mate, you're up at 3am <laughs> in the morning. Yeah. You think the bloke working in the mines that has to pay child support, you think he's not working hard? Yeah. Do you really think you're working? Because I've been in above-ground mines, coal terminals, there are blokes there that live in, that's all they do, that's yeah. all they do. Yeah. And so when people say, oh, I work really hard, like, yeah, okay, sweet, but I, Everyone does. Everyone does, yeah. we don't deserve a pat on the back for that. Yeah. Like, it's, of course, Yeah. We it's it's a privilege to do what we do. We're very lucky to do what we do. Like, again, another comparison, like there's countries all over the world with children that work harder than us. Yeah. But yeah. we were fortunate enough to be born in this country Yeah. with a certain, you know, parents or, or whatever, um, what's crazy is like I'm not sure about you, but I grew up with no money. But because I live in Australia, I've got opportunity. Yeah, yeah. and that's luck. That's yeah. pure luck. Hundred percent, man.
1: I think that. Well, I mean, yeah, I could go on a huge rabbit hole when it goes uh, comes to this, but I think luck's really all you, all you have mm-hmm. I- in life, and it, it literally just starts with your parents. You know, like a I, I guy on the podcast today, Christian Craig. You come mm-hmm. on. And his dad was like a Supercross champion, like the whole deal. Mm. And then he just, life got railroaded by drugs, mm. you know? And it's just like, then you you go to like his life and the like that would be unlucky in that sense, you know? And then he made something, well, for me, like I never had to face the adversity that comes along with that. That's just pure luck before you even, you know, yep. like before I even make a decision that then influences my future, you mm. know? Like everyone's got such a, like a different starting point and then yeah. I think there's another thing that bridges off that too then is like you look at him like he had that shit go down in his life but he still made it yeah. and now like he's got he's a super young dad with three kids and he's just like the like I watch his videos that he puts out to watch him as like a father and a, yeah. the way that he raises his kids so it's like terrible luck turns into good luck for those kids. Like yep. it's literally just this cacophony yep. of luck at every stage. And it's like, if you can be like uh, present enough in the moment to just be like, God damn, like so lucky. How,
0: how good? A hundred percent. And I, I never wanted to be one of those people that like got to the point where I'm at and don't get me wrong. I'm still extremely competitive, extremely ambitious. Yeah. But also there is a future for me where if I get paid enough to sit down and talk footy each week, and my family is healthy, like I'm okay with that. Like I'm genuinely okay with that. It's not something where I'm like, Oh no, like my life's bad. Like that's that's a win for me. That's a massive win. And I think as you get older you kind of start to realise that. Yeah. You know, when you're younger you you want everything and you've got wide eyes, <laughs> yeah, the world's huge yeah. and then you yeah. As you get older, like Christmases, instead of you know getting on the beers Christmas Eve and getting blind and sleeping in the next day for a family event, instead of that, you're not getting on the beers and you're waiting for the family event because you can't wait to see the family. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's a, I guess that's the headspace I'm in mean at the moment. Just re- extremely motivated. Yeah. But very very fortunate.
1: I think that's a a very good place to be at in your life when you can be still striving Mm. but not have any of the suffering that's attached to not having what you want yeah Yeah. you know it's like it's not like you don't want things now Mm. but you can want things and not feel any ill effects as a result of it and you can still cruise and be grateful and Mm. yeah it's it that's i think that's the kind of like
0: a dream state to be in in a sense well it's kind of like those things that you want they shouldn't fill you up yeah. You know, they should just be things that you enjoy. What fills you up should be the, in my opinion anyway. And look, I'm no, no guru. Like everyone has a different path and, you know, but even like I look at like billions and billionaires and that, and I'm like, yeah. how much is enough enough? Like when, yeah, yeah. when do you hit that point where you go, okay, I'll do something to stay active. Everyone needs to continue to work and all that kind of stuff. But at what point do you start going, you know, maybe I'm being a little bit greedy here. Like, yeah, yeah know, this is excessive. Yeah, like, look, I mean, I, I've got... F- 200 million dollars in the bank you know? Yeah, maybe the rest of the 800 800 million dollars could and look i'm no like you know i love capital i'm a capitalist like i like capitalism yeah. obviously not crony capitalism and all that kind of stuff like i understand it's corrupt every system has corruption i get that but i do think capitalism is the best way to break through like, yeah look, look at us like you know yeah. we, we had the opportunity because of capitalism to do what we did. but i do think that like you know just creating wealth just for the sake of it. Yeah. It's almost like, yeah.
1: what are we doing here? Yeah. What are we doing? I'd be so... I guess, though, the, the wealth that you're talking about, uh, you kind of can't fuck that up. Yeah. But like, I I would be... There, there'd have to be a range of money that you had in your bank account. Hmm. Maybe it's around like 4 or $5 million. Like, maybe around... Like, you can fuck that up. Like yes. you can fully shit the bed <laughs> if you're a male from 18 to 30 you can fuck that up dude to 50 like <laughs> e, like you could fully fuck the <laughs> yep. fuck the pooch on that one yep. so like yeah I, I've, I always wonder like what's the money i guess that'd be fuck you money right yeah. where it's like you could own shit you could say shit do shit and like people just like can't take it off you because yeah that that's there's got to be a range where like you're <sighs> balling but you could still lose the bag yeah
0: there has to be i wonder what that cutoff point is i really do like it and so as i said i, I think it's 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 good that you're motivated and it's really good for me like and for yourself that we're motivated than that but i do think there has to be a means to an end like it can't yeah. just be like yeah forever chasing like yeah there has to be a point where you go you know like I've done okay, and and although money can may continue to come in, I'm no longer pursuing yeah that for just me. You yeah, know? yeah. Whether it's helping your family, whether it's help, you know, like you hear stories like billionaires and that like won't even <laughs> yeah voted you know yeah, I mean? yeah, by the kid again. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I think that all ties back into like you know being really motivated, but also appreciating what you have because yeah. if you if you're constantly chasing, then you're just it's a rat race then. Yeah. you're just like this spinning your wheels yeah um yeah so that, that's where i'm at right now extremely lucky but as i said pretty motivated
1: yeah i think uh charity is a cool one there like i think you could you'd probably get to a certain point in time where you would start just wanting to help other people mm. like i know through the podcast i've got to a level Where like I've pretty much got everything that I wanted. Mm. Like I had pretty low expectations. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I was the same. Dude, if I could have like a like a sick bike and like a truck to get my bike to the track, and like add heaps of gear, and like I just like I could like go riding and yeah, pretty solid, (laughs) you know. Like And I got to a point doing this where I almost felt like guilty with how much stuff that I would get. Mm. Like you add like a podcast like yours a podcast like this like anything that people like really listen to and really it's like a thing that's gone for years and it's become like a part of the culture like you yeah. are with the nrl mm. then it's like when you provide value people want to like it's like reciprocal even if it's not yeah. cash like whatever it is like mm. people value you giving that yeah. value you know? and you're
0: sitting there going Mo, i'm thank you for just yeah. Listening, <laughs> yeah. Bro. yeah
1: so you end up in like a weird position and and it was like okay, I'm I'm good. And then you start giving to other people, mm. and then you start seeing the reaction. And like before that, it was weird. Like I'm similar. Like didn't come from much. And mm. I remember like just I would like not even wear shoes when I got shoes because I was like I've oh got them. I don't want to fuck them. You know, like <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was like. But I was like that with everything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then it's like that's not a great place to be it's sort of Mm. like a zero-sum mindset but you understand where that mindset comes from Mm. like you know when you put your life in context Yeah. but then to like get past that and then just like really give things away as much as possible Mm. and then doubly again it seems like more stuff comes back to you so like I've kind of just like resign to the fact of like i'm just gonna do as much good as i can and i'm not gonna overthink it or Mm. i'm not gonna try Mm. i'm not gonna try and do good like let's keep this at a very natural level and it will kind of like go at cruising altitude in a sense but i think that the more wealth that you would get would give you more of an opportunity to do more good for people and dude like five hundred dollars can go a long way oh 100 like you know to to get to the point where like you could give to sum of money, even in that sense, a way like there's a charity called Against Malaria, mm. and it's all it is is it just provides nets to kids and yeah. families in Africa. Seems so simple, like so easy. Another bro.
0: example of how lucky we are. Yeah, yeah, like, but
1: nets. but to do to be in a position to where you could like continually do something like that, you don't have to be a crazy rich person mm. to do something like that. Yeah, and like the good that can come out of that is. <laughs> like quite immense, Massive. you know. Yeah. So I think, yeah, just to be lucky enough to be in a position where you can, your job is to like provide value, and then it seems to create some kind of like positivity mm. loop if you can, I guess, like maintain that, you know. Mm.
0: Yeah, I, I've as I've gotten older, I I kind of feel you know as you're growing from like twenty to thirty or eighteen to twenty five or whatever you're kind of finding out, like, what is it to be a man? Like, yeah, what, yeah. what is it to be a man? Especially, you know, in today it has been quite convoluted. You know, back in the day it was probably, you had a pretty good outline as to what it was being a man. Whereas these days it is quite convoluted. But I've kind of, again, I'm only 35. I'm sure when I'm 55, I'll look back when I was 35 yeah. and go, mate, you knew absolutely nothing. So I'm aware yeah. of what I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've always, I feel now that a man's job is to provide for the people he loves and his community like whether it's value whether it's time whether it's experiences and that's what's so like why i think that podcasting you're so fortunate to do because not only do you get paid to do that but you are constantly providing value for your community like this is this is a community that you would be a part of yeah whether you had no yeah exactly in the game yeah and so that's why we're just like the luckiest people in the world because we get to do it for a job but i do it for free i mean i did it for free for ages and i would still talk for like so it, it, it it's very fulfilling for me and also it it show, opens your eyes up to i'm sure you would have too like some something will happen you'll say something and it'll have a lot of impact in the yeah. community or whatever yeah and you'll step back and go holy like i didn't realize that this was like that like i didn't realize what i said was so important to so many people yeah um there's some responsibility in that for sure but yeah. also there's like a lot of power in that and so yeah it's as I said I just keep going back to it I just feel so so lucky bro
1: so lucky I think um, one of the other things I guess while we're on like this sort of topic I think that there's also like a a switch that you kind of like have to flip if you're gonna do it consistently like over a long enough period of time I think that you end up having to become a man of your word Mm. because your word is all that you have (laughs) Yeah, and and that's I actually think that that was probably an element Oh, I was missing in my life, and if you looked at like the trajectory of my life in detail, then you could probably like I could easily go back and fix the problems of my twenties mm. as this dude now. You yeah, know? yeah, with uh, the information you have now. Yeah, and it came about through the podcast. Like I, I got on, I, I started doing it in like twenty seventeen. Mm and then was like all right like i saw a future i saw i saw something that i really could be good at i saw something that i really enjoyed doing and then Mm -hmm. i saw a market that it could live in so then instantly i was like all right don't fuck this up because it like could be good (laughs) and like not fucking it up comes with like being good with your word and like really like being careful with what you say and then you know, like we've this whole the the whole fucking podcast has just been like one G up basically for yeah. five years of like we say some dumb shit on here and then yeah. in the real world we're like fuck now we need to drive to Perth. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <I do it. laughs> yeah. Damn it. <laughs> so but it's like it's been such a great thing in my life and like for me I always talk about like meditation and reading. Mm. Like I just I'm a heretic for it at this point and mm. it's a dead horse, but like it's I've really believe in it and it was like a feedback loop that got created because it was like I was talking about it from a place of like knowing this to be true and really believing it but then I'd have to like walk the talk Mm. and I'd have to I'd have to get up if I'm telling people that That you should really be getting up early in the morning and fucking like there's some if you're lacking if you're looking for something if you're Mm. there's something you need to know or figure out like there's fucking books here like this is this medium has never changed yeah from the from the invention of a pen and paper the shit's been the same there's Mm. something to this you know (laughs) it
0: works yeah
1: and so but then on the back side of that it's just like this accountability and Mm. if i say i'm gonna do something at the end of the year well fuck like you got to do something and i think that there's a it's hard to do that on the internet it's hard to put yourself out there and like not have that go the other way and have like a negative impact yeah, but i yeah. really think that there's a level of accountability uh and it, i guess it's made me like value just social media and the internet in mm. a different way because like even if you're not a person that's speaking to like millions of people then you know in your own life in your own community like you can put things out there and you can like follow through with what you say, and there's mm-hmm. an there is an aspirational element to you know that well there's like a, a butterfly effect that that can have
0: yeah for sure i got a funny story about keeping your word it's <laughs> not public for facing it was like anyway so i had a, a betting agency uh sponsored the podcast years ago yeah anyway a few one of the nrl teams like, so that's like, how you bought your ferrari <laughs> 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 mate i wish this was, this was peanuts back in the day um anyway so you yeah, had a betting agency and so there were a few boys in their old team that I won't obviously say who they were, but like they loved to punt. It wasn't crazy or anything like that. Anyway, so one of them come to me and said, oh, mate, I can see that you're with X betting agency. Like, do you reckon you could hook us up? And I was like, yeah, sweet. I'll do what I can. And I went to the guy that like got me under the betting agency, and I was like, mate, um, what do you reckon? Like, If the boys put in X amount, could you even bonus bets for matching or, or whatever? Anyway, he was like, yeah, yeah, all good, all good. And so I rang the boys back. I'm like... Yep, boys, you're on and so they're all whooping up, you know. They got a race day. It's the best day ever. Bonus bets. boys. We're on. Kempy's helped us out. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting there going, "Mate, I'm a king. I'm a king amongst men. I'll just help the boys out. They're <laughs> going to have the best day of their life and they're going to thank Kempy." Anyway, so I get a call like the day before from the guy and he's like, "Oh, sorry, mate. I just spoke to my bosses and we can't. Oh. We can't do it." And because I had already said I did, <laughs> what <laughs> I did was I put on a credit card all the money that would have been matched and paid it. They don't know this. They'll never know this. And put the bonus bets in their account with my own money. <laughs> no way dude yeah, just because I didn't want to be like oh sorry, sorry boys I couldn't do it
1: that's a good that's a that's a fair shout <laughs> I don't there. know
0: if I would do it ever it was on a credit card I had no money at this stage oh. I was busted yeah I was busted and they're though. like
1: high level boys that you like you really don't want to go back on the, the word I, I just one. it
0: was just not, not necessarily the high level it's because they were in the community like yeah, I'm, an NRL, yeah. I was a, I'm an ex-NRL player yeah, they're yeah. NRL players I didn't want them to be like oh you can't be talked shit like yeah, you talked yeah, it yeah, up you yeah, can yeah, get his yeah. bonus bets and that yeah. and then come to the thing out brush it so they don't they don't know that this happened and they'll, they'll probably never they'll never know um but that's how much i it was like desperate to like now don't get me wrong don't take that lesson on board <laughs> don't, don't pay it on a credit card yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's just an example it's Not financial advice it's not financial <laughs> advice but it's an example of how important your reputation is in a community it changes you from the door you can spend as much money as you want but the doors that you've opened through creating good relationships in your current community have come through purely hard work that cannot be yeah. bought, yeah. cannot be bought. And so it's, I I agree with you. It's really important just to have that reputation where people go, nah, he he's legit. Like even if they like don't really like his stuff, don't think he's funny, whatever, yeah, they'll still say, but mate, he's Fair a good player. bloke. He's yeah. a, he's a decent bloke. Um, so yeah the accountability is huge bro absolutely huge
1: yeah did did you understand the impact or the importance of community too like you touched on the community aspect yeah. like did you have any idea going into it like how important the community side of it would be and like building the community and like even how
0: much fun you could have in the community in a sense I it's so there's there's the bloke community and then to me there's like my personal community of like NRL players yeah, yeah, so like yeah. I still identify as an NRL player and then there's a bloke community so like I always was aware you know having grown yeah. up playing team sports like and also I just think there's this primal kind of urge for men to come together and get a job done whatever it is there's nothing better yeah whatever like you could be some army drill it could be building something together whatever it is it's men coming together and working something out together there's nothing better in my opinion like it is i mean well there are some things better but (laughs) there's a you know there is a primal urge to kind of work together as men and, yeah, and conquer yeah, something yeah, and not yeah. in a negative context not don't use conquer in the negative word but in in a positive sense conquer a challenge yeah and so i was always aware of that i i honestly if i'm being totally honest i didn't think i was shocked that a lot of people liked me so when people used to come up to me at the start i would be like awkward because i would feel like i can't believe how much you like me like yeah yeah why do you like me I'm so much i'm actually a dickhead bro yeah, like, that's yeah. in my head i was like you know why do you like me so much it, it's weird it's strange because i don't feel i deserve to be yeah, liked yeah. so much yeah um and that may stem from like you know you know the typical god bull leader when you're going up all that carry on
2: yeah
0: um but yeah so i, I wasn't sitting there going oh I, i'm going to be the focal point of a big community and rah rah I, I was almost too embarrassed to even consider that like for example the reason why bloke blew up not the reason well yeah i think it's the reason so i was doing the interviews and they were going really well building a good solid um audience but i was the whole time before every podcast before every post i always asked myself like it's about the player it's about the player don't make it about yourself don't make it about yourself and what's really interesting is as i said it built up a good audience but the the year that i said i'm going to be myself and just like put myself out there like comedy is like I'm not some comedian or whatever but we do a lot of comedy stuff and it's very—it's a very personal thing comedy because like if you put yourself out there and people are like bro that's not funny Yeah, yeah it yeah. crushes you you're oh, done skis yeah. like yeah, yeah. if you say a joke and everyone looks at you weird and goes that was so bad bro <laughs> it smashes you in your chest <laughs> yeah. and so yeah the year that I was like you know what like it, it, it happened two times okay so when I changed from side so group, played soccer till I was 17 years old Yeah. then I went and got scouted by rugby league because I was mucking around with some mates at school Anyway, so I didn't know the rugby league culture at all. Like, as in, I couldn't tell you the, the half the most of the NRL players. Only maybe the big, big stars. But outside of that, I couldn't tell you what it was like to be in a team. In soccer, it's like yes sir, no sir. Water bottle with you everywhere. Aren't aware to wear thongs. Like very like it's just a different culture. Anyway, so the first few years I really struggled in league because I was a very I didn't understand banter. I didn't mm. understand like like that bloke that is you know tearing you to shreds with banter actually loves he you he actually loves you and I the thought, harder he
1: goes <laughs> the more the he, more he you. likes you <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that in yeah.
0: soccer it's just not a thing maybe it's changed but when I was coming through it wasn't and so when I came in like I wasn't sitting there going I just kept saying my saying to myself if I just keep being as nice as possible eventually they're going to like me yeah. that's what I kept saying yeah. and bizarrely like it actually it, even though I was you know nice and they were courteous to me in, in regards to they had respect for me or whatever they, I never got pulled into that inner circle because there was this war between us, and it yeah. clearly was of my own making because I just didn't know how to cross that that chasm. I didn't know how to do it. Anyway, so I got to a point where I just started to realize, like, I went away, I went to the Warriors, um, and I came back to the Broncos, and I was like, you know what? Stuff it! Like, yeah. I'm just going to talk shit. I'm going to spray blokes. I'm just going to, they, I'm just going to go headfirst into the banter. It got so bad that, so we used to have this thing called Keith of the Week. And and honestly, without this, I don't think I would have gone on to do a podcast. So it's Keith of the Week. So basically what it is, is like, you know, everyone listening that uh, knows footy players, they're rotten. They talk, you know, I play for the Broncos. I play for... They pretend they don't. But when they're out, everyone knows a girl that has met a footy player that says I play for... So let's just get that out there. And so what what would happen for Keith of the Week on a Monday video session, you would go, all right, boys, Keith of the Week, anyone got any stories? And then the boys would start dobbing each other in. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I heard... X player he was layering up saying he scored three tries to a chick and the boys would be like, you fucking rotten keys. I'm going spray the fuck out of him. <laughs> then someone else would be like, oh, I saw a dude rock up to a club. like One of the boys rocked up to the club in his polo, oh. all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so it got to the point though where it was getting so ruthless that people stopped dobbing each other in because they didn't want to ha- get dobbed in themselves yeah, yeah so it was yeah. like a cold war between the boys like yeah. it was just like no one wanted to be the first one to go because everyone had nukes ready to fucking launch <laughs> <laughs> anyway so i got to the point where people were like because i had got it at a few times but like when i was being rotten it was for the ball bo- like it was to g the boys up like yeah. but they would pretend that it was serious anyway so i got it a few times so i got to the point where like. No one was saying anything, and they'd be like, "Can't be fucking. St- we know you're rotten. We know you're rotten. Say what you did on the weekend." Uh, yeah. And so I would literally stand up and just make a story up, and get Keith of the week, and they loved it. And it became a, like a ritual every week. No one would get Keith of the week. I'd just stand up and, you know, like I'd do things like, "Oh, you know, you boys were out, you were out playing in SunCorp Stadium, mate. I had three cheerleaders in <laughs> yeah. the back. Like, just, yeah. Yes, like you were out playing, town yourselves up. All the cheerleaders want me. a are bums. Like just all that kind of ca- just carry on. Obviously, yeah. all not true. Yeah, and and that." opened my eyes up to be like oh you know this is how I get them to see who I am as a person yeah um, and then so that was the first time and then obviously the second time was like I was you know more front facing I was like you know what I'm just gonna put myself out there if it works it works mm. if it doesn't it doesn't. and it just for some reason again it still feels like I can't believe people enjoy it that much but it just works it just yeah. somehow
1: works dude it's it's cool too that you can because there's no longevity in not being yourself oh, unfortunately yeah. Yeah. and Dude, like, just to be in the traditional media, or to, you know, work at a for a news station, or like, dude, can you imagine how, like, the anxiety that you'd feel about an anxiety thinking about it, bro? Like, you just you get to do whatever the fuck you want, but there's no there's no like longevity in being somebody else, mm. and like, you could do the interviews and keep a button down, and I agree with you, like, even now, I still think it's all about the guest, like, mm. it's 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 their show it's their experience mm. it's you know for, for us anyway it's like we have guys come on that they've they don't tell this stuff that they talk to yeah. me about it to the normal media and it's mm. probably the same for you mm. and then to me i'm like okay well that's a that's a fair responsibility oh, like massive, you've got to do this guy like the guy today dude like broken back paralyzed on the side of the track oh, as a 20 year old kid dad had the issues that he had mm. and you get dropped from teams you're making no money he goes to work a construction job he comes back to have like a whole second career mm. ends up winning a championship at 30 in the right class. spoiler alert right now yeah yeah if you don't know <laughs> <laughs> but like wins that gets this contract gets the biggest deal and you know like he was like fox head to touch yep. you know so it's like I'm a fucking bum. <laughs> like, <laughs> to this you part. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 100. So like, like you yeah. flip the yep. the script, so it's like to me, it, it feels like a responsibility, and it mm-hmm. feels like uh, always. I think that culture is something that this actually spends from, stems from like me playing footy as a kid mm. like i was a what position did you play i was like hooker half oh really yeah, a, bat- yeah. a little hooker battler yeah back mm-hmm.
0: in the day hey i tell you a few fans that don't listen to footy Hooker's are the toughest spot in the, on yeah. the field well i
1: had i went to i played hooker because i had to play upper grade one year oh really so i was like the kid that was in the scrum yep. that had like the legs dangling yeah, and shit like yeah, that
0: yeah. Yeah. wow well for your listeners that's one tough home right yeah, they were, they were
1: <laughs> like, a footy boy but uh, <laughs> but that was one of the things like so dude it's crazy like my dad was actually super high up in footy up north while mm. i grew up in cairns okay. and um so f- for years man i was like around the brothers a grade team mm. um while brad arthur was coaching player coach way. yeah yeah so my dad was the trainer for his a grade team before he went to the storm to be the assistant coach and then to para but yeah so dad like when i was a kid like 12 13 14 15 16 i was like around that that squad and they were like winning every every comp or whatever and but culture like he always would talk about culture Mm. and then my dad would talk about like footy culture and to to understand like the impact of culture and the importance of culture Mm. within like a sport or or a community so i think like i've I have that feeling of responsibility when there's somebody across from me that's like literally bled for the sport. They've yep. put their life on the line on multiple mm. occasions, and you know, like I feel like by telling their story or letting them tell their story properly, it like adds to the culture. Mm. Um, and yeah, so it's like there's a there is a big responsibility there. But the thing is, is like if you can't have the freedom to be yourself, yeah. and if you can't like it's got to be an enjoyable process as well. Otherwise, you can't do it
0: for long enough for it to have the cultural impact mm. that you want it to have. For sure. And it's, it, you're totally right because that. So I kept that show where I interview people and, and footy players and that. And I created another show where it was me talking about footy. And so that gave me both outlets where yeah, you yeah, know yeah. I could really just sit back and do exactly what you said. I'm just here as a springboard for your story. Like, I, however, I can create an environment that gets your story out there as good as possible. I'll do that. Whereas, the, like the review and preview shows that we started and all the content of me like reacting to footy players playing footy and that, you know, that was where I could express myself and be myself and, and everything. And and so you're right. Like when it's an interview with a guest you have to make it about them like it has mm. to be you, a lot of I, I, sometimes I listen to podcasts they may be new or whatever and mm. and the host will be like you can tell the host is waiting to say yeah, what yeah. they want to say instead yeah. of really listening like what is he actually saying and going with him down that route yeah um, yeah so it's it's and it's a lot it's a it, it takes a while to learn that, that skill compl- set Yeah, because when I, I, I started it was so bad bro oh my god yeah. looking at old videos i cringe so bad <laughs>
1: <laughs> but if it was easy there'd be a whole lot of people well yeah. i guess there are a whole lot of people <laughs> that yeah. doing it, but but in terms of like you know having longevity and yeah. turning it turning it into a like a, a business mm. as
0: such too you know yeah absolutely um it's it's, it's one of those things I like i don't like talking about the hard work of a podcast because it feels like so condescending to yeah, the people yeah, that are yeah. actually working hard yeah. and that only comes from a place of i've you know worked in those jobs as tradesmen all that kind of stuff so when i when i talk about oh you know it's so hard to do this or whatever i sound like i'm oh, mm. mate, shut up like oh how hard is it like so it's really hard to to go into it but th- there is a skill set like you sh- you need to be able to meet someone for the first time ever yeah and make them feel like they're sitting across from one of their best mates. Dude, that's such a great way to say it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. Like little things that, you know, I learn over the, I'm I don't, not as obvious with this, but like I'll kind of, I'll mimic what they're saying. So if, they, if they're a person that says bra a lot, yeah, yeah, then I'll say bra a lot. Yeah. Or if they say mate a lot and they're quite buttoned up. I'll be quite buttoned up. Yeah, you know they may sit a certain way, and you just mimic their kind of body language, the way they speak, the way they carry themselves. Like the way I speak to Cameron Smith is very different to the way I would speak to Josh Adokar, because they're yeah. very different people. And although Josh Adokar could absolutely speak to Cameron Smith, he's not going to be as comfortable like his mates with Cameron Smith. But in an interview environment, if you yeah. didn't yeah. know Cameron Smith, it's it's sometimes that world is. To, too far to bridge because yeah. um, the culture is so different and so whenever I get a different players on I'm always aware of like the kind of person they are you know what culture are they from um, and yeah it's all about and again I don't like I say bra for yeah, sure I say mate as well so it's not like I'm pretending to be something I'm yeah, not yeah but you're just adapting just to make them feel, feel comfortable yeah. whereas you know if you're too buttoned up they'll for example if you've got a, a young lad that grew up in a, a tough area um, but he's deep as deep culture as you can get. You know, he's he from ma- the area. He, he's from the area. <laughs> you know, he may if I start speaking like sitting up really straight yeah. and speaking to yeah. him, and you know, speaking him in, in a language that just doesn't really resonate with him, he'll do the interview. But I don't think he's ever going to get to that point where he's like, I'm yeah. with my people here, or I'm yeah. with a, a person that gets me. Yeah, and that, I think that's the challenge of, a, of an interview. Uh,
1: how do you feel about? Uh I, th- I think this is something that people don't understand i'm not and I, I don't know maybe it's just a, a way that i think about it but mm. i think that you've got to show a level of vulnerability as well to a guest to make them feel okay mm. with like having a a level of vulnerability mm. um and i think that that's there's that sometimes i'll like i'll look at a a podcast or there'll be you know maybe people that are newer to it where they would like they don't want to show that side of themselves but i mm. think that really good content and or really good interviews are when you've got someone on the other side that's like able to be as vulnerable or share like their own... In- if someone's talking about their own insecurities, then share some of your own as well. So yeah. it's like you're actually making them feel. It's like you're guiding the level at which they can go in a sense. And that's yeah. like... That could be like uncomfortable as a host because you've kind of got to dig into your own stuff too.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like there's been plenty of times where... You know, a player might be talking about the time he got dropped and, you know, how rattled he was. And, you know, you got to pick your moments. Sometimes you don't need to jump in and say yeah, anything. Sometimes yeah. you can see that he's struggling a little bit. And so you just go, yeah, man, like, you know, I remember when I got dropped, I was absolutely devastated. I sat in the car and I yeah. didn't move anywhere for a few hours. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, he's just like me. Like, yeah. it's okay to feel like that, especially with men, you know, like we're just so – like I do think there is uh, – there's a huge benefit as men to be able to control your emotions that's what i think masculinity is about is controlling emotions it doesn't mean not feeling them yeah it means controlling them but i do also think we could improve a little bit on being able to go you know what like, like i didn't like and again this is coming from a person that still struggles yeah to like even little things like i've got a business and you know let's say i was going to raise capital and because we want to grow that makes me feel like oh I'm asking for help like fuck that yeah fuck yeah. that you know yeah. what I'm saying yeah, which yeah, is stupid yeah. it's yeah. stupid but that's how deeply ingrained I guess it is in a lot of men of like don't ask for help you yeah. you, you find out what you got to do and you get it done which is a good trait to have it is a good trait to have I'm not don't throw the baby out with the bathwater um, but making blokes feel comfortable of like I was vulnerable here and I was down and out and yeah that's it's key I reckon I totally agree bro totally agree.
1: Uh, did you, do you think that podcasting has kind of helped the male in general? Massively. Like, I, I don't think there's probably ever been a time where men have been able to talk and have, like, open conversations as mm. they have been in the last, like, five, six years since the medium's really blown up.
0: For sure. I think it's, like, the, the tough conversations. Like, I always feel like men did have the tough conversations, but it was almost a secret Mm. You know You remember that time You know We're on the beers Remember, It's three in the morning I was gonna say It's always kick-ons bro. It's always It always kick-ons. comes out know, And it comes out <laughs> yeah. And you know And you speak about it And you mate cares And you open up and, and there's no awkwardness at all Yeah But it's almost like We spoke about it It's done now Whereas I think podcasting Has really Opened You're right Like opened up Like you can just Just chat Just yarn Like about yeah. whatever you want And it's okay to yarn About whatever you want um, Like Like It's hard because I feel like sometimes when you go down this route, you go down the route of like, oh, you know, you need to constantly speak about your emotions. And look, don't take my advice on this, guys. Like, everyone's different. This is just my personal opinion. I do think some people need to toughen up. Like, (laughs) you know, some people just need to harden up and stop using the excuse of like, oh, woe is me. But also, I do agree that, you know, some people probably do need to have a chat to someone and whatever. So it's that weird the truth's always somewhere in the middle, you know, like yeah, yeah. we're getting pushed this whole narrative of like, Oh, you've got to be crying all the time about stuff. And it's yeah, okay to yeah. cry. It's like, bro, yeah. like, yeah. Is it really like do it in private or something? Like, yeah, or, yeah. or do it. Don't do it on the internet. How about that? Go <laughs> to your family, go to people you love and have you cry. See and, a fucking and, therapist, <laughs> <yeah>. bro. <laughs> Just like on the internet and shit. Um, so like, you know, that's in my opinion again, I could be totally wrong. I'm thirty five, I'm I'm probably past that generation that accepts that stuff now. So I'm happy to say that I'm wrong. Um there's gotta be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. You know, there's gotta be somewhere in the middle where you go. Yeah, it's okay to show your emotions, but do it to around loved ones and not emotions, but let's say you're breaking down and you've had a, a terrible day and whatever. I think guiding people to the right places is yeah. much more useful than just saying just crying on the internet, on this public, you know what I mean. Like just in, just <laughs> yeah. telling people to cry or telling people to have breakdowns. It's like, well, where's the where's the good in that? Yeah, let's direct people to the right places. That you, I'm not saying that you click your fingers and it happens. Yeah, I'm just saying that like maybe some direction is a bit needed in that in that conversation. But back to the podcast, that's what I think is so good is because that because. It isn't mainstream in the sense of it's not owned by, I mean, it yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's has, not owned by somebody. It's not owned by someone. So it's given men an opportunity to talk how they want to talk about things that they want to be talking about without being told, well, hang on a sec, this is the narrative that needs to be pushed now. So you're not allowed to talk about, you know, I think if you ever wanted to look at like an example of the shift in culture and whether you like Joe Rogan or you don't like Joe Rogan, like there's anyone that is could reasonably. Even if you don't like Joe Rogan, you can't reasonably sit there and say a lot of the stuff he teaches is good. Like, you can totally agree with his politics or whatever you think he has. Like, there's so many different opinions around it. But you can't tell me that him openly talking about some of the stuff he talks about yeah, yeah. hasn't helped a lot of young men oh, around dude. the world. Like, come on. like that, you, get, you Then you become the problem. If you're going to alienate... Yeah, 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 you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can't look past your own dislike with someone and realize the, the value that they're bringing... You're the problem. Yeah, dude. It the Rogan effect was crazy. I mean,
1: it, th- there was like a
0: and I disagree with a lot of Joe Rogan's stuff. Yeah, but I still appreciate the shit out of him. You know?
1: Yeah, and and
0: what you see there, it's funny. I was
1: watching uh last night. It come up uh, on a like a next play of a yep. of a video, and then it was him and Louis Theroux, oh, and they were yeah. talking about Scientology. So it was a great episode, mm. and um and seeing that probably like 38 39 or 40 something like early 40 yep. version of him it'd have to be early 40s mm. that's just a guy that was like trying to figure his life out <laughs> yeah you know and he was like making some good money and he was like kind of famous in the world that he was in and he yep. had like he wasn't globally famous in, in like the way that he was now but yep. it's just like there's just a that's the first time it was like a truman show of like watching a guy's thought process develop and evolve yeah. and like you said agree with him or not like there's dude I mean I think I started watching Rogan in like 2013 yeah it's when or I like, like 2012
0: yeah. man yeah me too around that area like and he, he, like if, if you've watched him for any long period of time as I said like I probably I think that there's he's probably, 10 years now yeah ten years, 10 years from when we're talking about and like so he's probably moved a little bit further away from where I am personally on, yeah, on certain I, topics yeah and I agree um but like how you can't look at him and just say, as you said, he's just a bloke, yeah, finding his way. There's yeah. no mean intent. There's no malice in his heart. You know what I'm saying? A hundred percent. Like he's just a bloke trying to find his way. And so the oh, I would like imagine if you could do research and find out how many young men it's out of control would honestly say he made me go and speak to my mate about this, or I saw you know I saw Rogan shedding a tear of happiness for his mate and it made me reach out to my whatever it is yeah. mate it would it probably be millions bro think about the DMs you've got
1: and then times that by a gazillion a jillion yeah. like a ton. Yeah. like he like to the point where he couldn't even acknowledge what he's got like oh. it's such a crazy yeah. crazy influence and the other thing that I found that I I guess I didn't because you don't you don't like go into this thinking like in five years, I'd be doing this combo in this room and yeah. it, like it, mm. you don't, you just don't, you mm. can't like predict that. But I would have never understood like I guess the reasons why I think put the, this industry and what we do is like a good and important job is that like essentially what I do or the way I look at it. And it's very similar for you. Like these people that you talk to and I talk to as somebody's hero, yeah like legitimately yeah. their hero. Yeah. There's never in a million years a chance I'll get to talk to that person for yeah. three hours.
0: Absolutely. It's, a, it's a, such a good point.
1: And it's like, we're lacking... Like, the the males that you would have had in your life, like, you were just telling me a story about your dad. Mm. Like, what a fucking G. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's a, a mentor. Like, that's a that's a, a peak level dude mm. that is, like, worthy to look up to. Yeah. And you literally talked talk to me about him for, like, two minutes. You <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, so yeah. it's like, dude amazing role model Mm. amazing mentor what i've learned in doing this is that there's a lot of blokes out there Mm. that don't have that in their life absolutely they have they have fucking dog shit mates yeah they have dog shit (laughs) (laughs) misses, and they have like their dad was a dickhead yeah you know and they're they're going through life and they've you know they got a they got a job and they got a wife and they Mm. got a fucking fit like but they don't have any mentors yep. that, that are like that, and you know they've got these people that they watch on the weekend, or they've got. For me, it's like a guy like Christian Craig that would, you know, race Supercross, and they're looking up to him. But yep. they don't have mentors in their life; they've just got heroes. Mm. And I think that like what you do mm. is like you bridge the gap from hero to mentor. Yeah, good and point. you can actually like provide these people. It's almost like this, you know, mentorship program mm. with these guys, and it's like. I've probably heard the same shit a million times from, you know, like, self-help this or yeah. whatever, but hearing it come from, like, a Josh Addo Car mm. or a Cameron Smith, it's just, it hits different. And, yeah, like, to absolutely. to be the kind of guy that can, like, bring mentors to people, and that's sort of what I, I, you know, you look at, like, Rogan as well. You know, there's so many people that he's brought on and you just give him the opportunity to, like, be a mentor for a yeah. person. And then, like, in a sense, he ends up being, like, a mentor for those people.
0: The, think about the impact Joe Rogan had he made looking into science and stuff cool Cool. yeah Yeah. like at school for me it was like yeah okay if we had a good teacher it would be great because he'd really get you involved or she'd really get you involved but most of the time it's like science is for people in lab coats like I don't know what, what that is I don't care yeah he made it like interesting to sit there for three hours and hear <laughs> yeah. Graham Hancock and yeah. Randall Carson talk yeah. about the Osteostrias <laughs> fucking whatever <laughs> yeah. twelve thousand years ago. All right, yeah. I don't know what it is. Egypt was a lost civilization, whatever it is. Whether you believe it or not, like whether you say it's pseudoscience or, or whatever. And, now, and I'm not going to get into the more other stuff. I'm just talking specifically about um, archaeology and stuff like that. It is still introducing young people to discovering and exploring science like looking into like do you tell me the amount of men and and women including myself after i watched listen to that first graham um graham hancock is yeah it? Yeah, yeah and uh randall carson yeah like i started googling um gilbeckley temple whatever the yeah, fuck, you know what i mean yeah yeah and all of a sudden i'm down a rabbit hole looking at these monuments from thousands of years ago yeah I never would have even considered it because I was an athlete and that's all I gave a shit about at the time. Yeah. And he did that. Yeah. He did that.
1: And I think the the message of like accountability and, yeah. you know, like there's so much, any any sort of, I, I would imagine like if I ever got to have a conversation with him, I would imagine that it would be the same thing. It was like, like yeah, life was going good and <laughs> I was like doing all right. But yeah. then I started this podcast mm-hmm. and it just made me live out because we've all got, this character in our head That's mm. like our ideal self mm. Like you lived up to it today When you went for a run You know <laughs> yeah. like That there's an easy world Like yeah. there's a world Second where run
0: But just Just, just no. second yeah, run Yeah second but run But whatever Fucking athletes hey, No no hey, let, I want to be clear I'm in the uh, Psychotic addicted phase That so will only last Maybe three or four months No, it, no <laughs> once, once I'm in it It takes a long time To get out of it okay. But there was a period Where I was in my Sloppy mess phase So <laughs> I just don't want to claim psychotic athlete at all times you know what i mean because i (laughs) i I wish i could claim that but i don't have it in me there are periods where i get the ben and jerry's and i go a bit crazy uh what's your what's your flavor ben jerry's oh well you're not a ben jerry's operator not are you not an ice cream man i'm just not dead just dairy for me oh you're not a dairy man yeah yeah. yeah. like it's like a kryptonite for me because i always get phlegmy after dairy, same bro but i do it anyway. I fucking don't give a fuck. Fuck, who cares, God. I want to fucking eat that ice cream, right? So good. <laughs>
1: Dude, when my, when my chick moved here, uh, we, I'm like right in Burley, mm. so you just walk every, it's, yeah, it's cool best. to live. Literally right? heaven on earth. It's, it's insane. Coast, yeah. And uh, so she's, she's moved here and then Ben and Jerry is right there. Bro, for like three months. <sighs> I ate so much fucking Ben and Jerry's, Oh, really? Okay, dude, and okay. like just getting stoned and just eating <laughs> fucking
0: bulk. I, I was just like, bro, you're a piece of shit. You're actually, you're actually, a, piece you're actually shit. a piece of shit. You're actually a piece of shit. Well, that's where I was. I mean, I was, yeah, I was uh, in the piece of shit phase. And so I went to Europe for six, uh, about seven weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've never seen that. It was like, it, I can try to tell you the impact going to Europe or around the places in the world. I can try and tell you that. You, but until you go there and you realize how insignificant and small Australia is and how much history there is out there, oh, bro. how big the world is. And is I it knew, your first time really traveling? Yeah, yeah. and so oh, sick. Like, the thing is, I knew that the world is big. I'm not so stupid to be like, Australia is the middle of the world. Yeah, but you it's know. also, you know, the universe is big, but yeah. you don't, like, what does it mean? What it, you? Sweet. It might <laughs> exist if <it> a <laughs> tree falls in yeah. the woods and no one's there uh, to yeah, see it, did it yeah. happen? Anyway, so we went over there uh, for six, seven weeks, and it was absolutely incredible. It was like a honeymoon. What with countries? That. So we went to Spain, or went to Dubai. Stopped off in Dubai, Spain, Italy, France, Switzerland, um, Amsterdam. But yeah, we travelled all, all through. Do any weird shit in Amsterdam? No, we didn't actually. Fuck. Yeah, I know. So, so I thought that when I'd get there, that I would be let's fuck it up, let's fucking go, let's get fucking weird but when i got there the vibe just wasn't right the really? vibe's got to be right for me and so i was in a love vibe because i was with the wife yeah and it was a honeymoon and she's not loose like that she's i mean she'll we'll have fun like we've you know we've had fun before with stuff like that but we were just in a a love vibe a love bubble it was a love bubble that's what it was love love i fucking absolutely love love there's no (laughs) bloke that loves love more than me um and so yeah we were just in this love vibe i don't know and we were like we had i think three or four days there there was just so much to see we didn't want to be hung over like and we were like you know what like okay yeah the raves and that are mad here but like i want to see like in frank's house i want to see the beautiful like there's so much to see yeah um and so, yeah, we didn't get loose. But where else did you go? So okay, so we went to, we went to Dubai, Dubai. Madrid, yeah, we went to San Sebastian, yeah, uh, went to Barcelona, yeah. Then we went to, um, we went to Rome. But Rome, our flights got cancelled. Rah, We were only there for a night when we should have been there three nights. So I didn't get to see it. Oh. It was the one place I wanted to see. So devastated. Yeah, it's wild. You got to go back there. I know. Um, and we went from Rome to Positano dude how good is posi bro that place is fucked up that's fucked it's, yeah. it's fucked like it's yeah. not good it's fucked <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like dude. you when you go there and you <laughs> actually see you go this is fucked like proper <laughs> like there should be a rating like f- how many fucked fives out of stars because <laughs> it's on its own it's like one to five and then fuck <laughs> <laughs> just completely fucked <laughs> off its head and like and you go out to like capri the islands the yeah. amalfi coast yeah. um and so we went there and i you know what i think that's what got us in the the uh, the real the love bug stage yeah it really got us in the slip zone you yeah know? like the slip, yeah. slip stream we got in yeah, the slip stream yeah. of love and Positano put us in there oh Mate. dude take me back oh my god so
1: I I got a uh, one of my best mates he was um, my business partner in America and he uh they did really well for themselves they got married in uh, in Positano well I guess it was Amalfi like that, yeah, that whole era, yeah but so we stayed in Positano and we were on this like in, like insane, yeah. Just it,
0: fucked. It, it, yeah, it was fucked. Like when you six when story. Like, like they're like, "What star hotel do you want to stay?" You click the fuck star. Yeah, no, there's
1: <laughs> not even the star on there. You have to call them and be like, "Oi, I want to get fucked. I want you to get <laughs> fucked. <laughs> you need to fuck me right oh, fuck now. Fuck my, my, my credit and card. My- <laughs> <laughs> fuck me." <hard>. up. <laughs> but dude, we like it was the the full. I don't even know how they built it. Mm. I don't even know how they
0: built it. Yeah, it's... it's how, you don't
1: get a car there. You no, can't, like... How the fuck what, do you get there?
0: The the regulation bloke would have a heart attack walking there. Oh, OHNS. OHNS, <laughs> would he'd, fuck, he'd get really <laughs> fucked. They'd hold him down and fuck him and get, get out of here, you dog. <laughs> dude,
1: it was like... It was next level. We'd, we did, like, the boat thing, circled Capri, did the lunch in Capri. We went to this place. This was actually, like, the highlight of, of the trip was there was... We were staying on the water, Mm. and so you couldn't drive anywhere by a car. You'd have to get a boat. So we just have like a little tender. Yeah. And we just crammed all of us in this tender. We were staying in this place for like six nights. Mm. We crammed all of us into this tender. And there was this one restaurant that we went to. It was in between. So, like, if you're on Positano and you're on the beach, Mm. it's left. Okay. (laughs) So that's. And it was in this cove next to Positano, Mm. and there was one restaurant.
0: Oh, I think, I, and you can walk there. Like you walk up yeah, around. You the, could walk yep. and
1: like go down. Mm. But so we were getting the boat there, and we went there two or th- two nights in a row. And we just got fucking blind. <laughs> like, it was... It was amazing. Some of the best food that I've ever Bro, had in my the life. The pasta there is oh, fucking outrageous. It's fucked. Yeah, it's, <laughs> fucked. it's fucked. <laughs> it's fucked. But we... So... Fanguru. <laughs> Dude, it was gnarly. But yeah, every night, blind off Lemoncello And then back there. that That's just a crazy part of the world. And you think about, like, hustle culture and making shit happen and getting it done oh. and then there's that dude he said his granddad built that place yeah with by hand carrying <laughs> like he cut steps into the hill yeah 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 and carried the shit down to make like a house and a restaurant and he just lived there Fuck and then people man. would come, just come. dude and it's a it's great squillions oh like I just, how would you even
0: yeah like the, how, how could you put a price on property there like nah. it's a there's no room for more property so there's a limited amount and b it is yeah if you if you can like one thing i say now and i know i just went to europe but like if you can find a way to save up you just had your years. hot girl summer i had a hot girl summer all right <laughs> oh so yeah good. it's so i fucking came back hot as anything <laughs> hot as anything. um actually no i didn't i came out sloppy as oh my god by the end of it bro like had like my chin i was like kept oh. looking in the mirror you know when you just look in the mirror. Yeah. And go, you that's fucked. disgusting like, <laughs> yeah. fuck. you are disgusting sometimes i look like like i think my missus is way too hot for me she is He's, yeah, yeah. Fair, which fair. is good it's well, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm fucking any bloke should be punching up yeah i agree um and sometimes I look in the mirror i'm like how the fuck is she attracted to you coach? you're fucked <laughs> <laughs> you are fucked like how does it happen like women's... I guess it's just weird. you know. They just, I just like different shit. They must like ugly dudes. I reckon that's the new thing coming in. Chicks just have to... <laughs> have emo- chicks are emotional. I always know? say this. I don't want to like... Look, this is just my personal opinion. But I always feel that men's sexuality is physical. Yep. Women's sexuality is emotional. A hundred percent. That's what I think. Because how many girls meet guys and they're like, yeah, whatever, and they're not interested. And then they the guy might be funny or yep. that, you know, or he might have just good conversation and all of a sudden that guy that you were not even whatever is like really attractive to you yeah and so whereas like men it's just it's a very physical thing like yeah. it's like you can see a girl i'm attracted to her yeah um and i like as a guy that you know i'm fucking not a glamour or anything like that as soon as i realized that i realized like Fuck, I'll, cr- I'll have a crack Yeah. i'll have a crack <laughs> yeah hey, she could 11 out of 10 um because it, it really is emotional. I, me personally, like I don't want to speak for women, but yeah. in my experience.
1: I think, that well, every chick calls it their hoe phase. You know, like chicks will admit that they've had a hoe phase. Yep and then but once the chicks are done with the hoe phase gotta get
0: out of your, hey, your system
1: get it girl get it yeah, girl learn and what
0: a, you need to learn live your life baby hot girl summer and hopefully
1: I've been that guy for some women <laughs> like hopefully through their hoe phase
0: no, you like, made them go back into church face it happened a couple times dude <laughs> I said I'm never going out on the market again <laughs> fuck
1: me dude I had like two chicks that I was like in serious, like semi serious serious <laughs> relationships with and I was like their good luck chuck like the next dude <laughs> no the, dude, way like I'm talking like two chicks maybe Three and they were just like they the no, three straight up three. Oh I like literally god. remember. Yeah. So
0: you, you heal them. You're a healer.
1: Yeah, I am a healer. Yeah, a healer. <laughs> it was like so bad, obviously. Oh my god. <laughs> you either had to do something real right or something real wrong. Well mm. you couldn't have done something right, like by definition, I guess.
0: As in to But no, I wouldn't have worried I wouldn't
1: have wanted to marry them though
0: oh okay you know what I mean so were well, you a fuckboy maybe you're a fuckboy I was a fuckboy oh, for really? sure oh really yeah 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 I've never been a fuckboy oh
1: dude I just 20s in America mm. with the Aussie accent like
0: like do just... you so what's your definition my definition of fuckboy is saying things that aren't true oh trying. no I was never really fuckboy okay. like that yeah yeah well then I I was I'm your definition of fuckboy in the sense I of was, like having fun
1: yeah I was like a lover boy like I would like well that's that's actually tainted that term. Yeah, you don't know? say we that. Holy t- shit, you're going to cancel, bro. Yeah, I can't do you that. We're to get fucking raided. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah. Fucking hell, you'll be in Romania <laughs> and fucking. Yeah yeah, 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 But I was like, I would, I was fully down to just fall in love with a chick for one night. And like, we oh, were, okay. you know, that, that's my definition yeah, of it.
0: Like, 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 almost like you're a romantic, but like, almost like a Seven Eleven romantic. I'm like a
1: tour bus romantic. Yeah. You know okay, what I mean? Yeah. So, because we're like, we'd go to every supercross. So we're in like, a different city every yeah. single weekend so we'd be in like new york one weekend san diego one weekend mm. atlanta
0: yeah uh, there's parties there's pete you know actually i got something to ask you yeah how does motocross attract such good looking women like it's just the the ratio is off its head it's
1: pretty fucked it's fucked go to um can you do you know what i'm about to ask you to do just do whatever you think i'm about <laughs> like, to ask you to do no 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 but like come on you got me go to austin faulkner's instagram
0: because <laughs> like what do you think about it like okay you're right around in helmets so they can't even see your head when you're on tv anyway yeah and like it's a very specialized it's not easy to get into motocross like in the sense of like you don't go down to your local join your motocross team and then like you play footy or whatever yeah whereas like the amount of hot chicks that are just love motorbikes is fucking
1: i don't, I don't get it look at this dude and look at this chick Holy shit. They've been together for years. That's Mike Tyson. They're both very, like... Dude, I, sorry, Austin. You know
0: I love you, mate. But, like, are you fucking kidding me? Austin, are you Dave Chappelle? Are you that funny that you got her? Because, sorry, bruh. It's And this is coming from a bloke that's uglier than you. So, it's no... I'm not talking down to no one, but... <laughs> I'm not throwing shade, I'm not but throwing this is shade, exceptional. Bro. This is
1: out of its world. And you can just go on, like, every dude
0: in motocross yeah and just that it's fucking what absurd you, bro is it the motorbike thing again this is a guy that has no idea about actually it all i don't know, don't know. beautiful women love extreme sports
1: yeah and car dude like you go to the formula one yeah. like dude golf as well yeah psycho like there's a tournament called the phoenix waste management open
0: waste management <laughs> and it is <laughs> in, in cash
1: out you can <laughs> dude scottsdale arizona Mm. Scottsdale, America has like party towns. Mm. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah so like and as an Aussie you're just cruising through there bro it was fucked up like oh it was God. it was like fucked alright can we so, take this down yeah, yeah, I like, almost feel bad yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry bro I'm not, I would never uh, so shout out to Austin and Riley he just had a real bad shout crash the other day Austin I mean well he's gonna be taken care of that's for sure yeah yeah he's, he's like doing that. The, doing both wrist breaks like so he's gotta <laughs> he have like, the man, fuck man my oh, life's so my...
0: shit and he's glamour missus is just like it's okay baby oh, my I got you baby what was
1: oh yeah at the waste management open in in phoenix and it's like literally a party town mm-hmm. so there's like colleges in america where it's like that's the college you go to party yeah so like this wow. is where like rob gronkowski went to college the Gronk. yeah so he's literally going like i could go anywhere in the world i'm going to scottsdale to fucking party balls because i'm 6 8 i'm a fucking athlete and i'm playing in the nfl wow no matter what gpa i get <laughs> yeah, so yeah. i'm gonna go <laughs> and get my fuck on in scottsdale Holy. but like dude you would walk around the Waste Management Mm. Open and it is just like Melbourne Cup times America. Really? And then you go out and there's like casinos and there's just like fucking clubs everywhere and the ratios are out of control and then you go to like Athens, Georgia is Mm. another place. Like we've been tailgating for college football games Mm. and like it's just yeah, it's fishing with dynamite. Like then there were some times where like you'd go to New York and I'd be with a buddy who's like married
0: you know like so solid how did you like be at a tour like that and and this is just you know maybe you were writing at the time were you writing at the time No, i was filming okay so
1: i i start my how my whole career Mm. i was actually like a filmmaker okay so i i bought a camera when i was like 20 i just like maxed out a credit card (laughs) to buy a camera and a tripod Mm. i still have the tripod actually Mm. this was in like oh seven Mm-hmm and then I started filming I created like a website called MX Daily back Mm. in the day and it was like the first blog in Australia for Moto and then I made videos I just literally copied what like the people in America did I looked at their content Mm. and then I was like this is gonna be fucking huge like this will happen here Yeah. and so then I just bought a camera taught myself how to film Mm. edited talk about luck I was just like good at filming yeah okay I just had an eye for it I just started doing it and I was as good as people that had been doing it so then I started getting jobs, and then I got invited to go to America to, to film this uh, big race. It's like they call it Motocross the Nation. So it's like yep. all the different um, countries come together. It's a three man team in your race. Yep. So I went there because I'd spent all year filming the Australian team. So they were like, can you bring all the footage mm. that we can use for the pre shows and everything okay. and like that? And then you film the event. Yeah. And I just like literally
0: didn't leave. <laughs> so after that, what a, like it's almost like touring with a band. It was meant, you know. Yeah, and you got to do that. Yeah, it was like, and I had. All- and when, when you think about it, like, so, like, let's say you're an you you're a dirt bike rider. You've like worked your and you not saying you didn't work hard, but like they worked their whole fucking lives and had talent. <laughs> and had talent. Whereas, like, you just picked up a passion, a hobby, yeah. and you worked hard. Obviously, I'm not taking yeah. that away from yeah. you. but two with a band you don't have any scrapes no bruises don't feel tired you can party as much as you want dude,
1: yeah late to every single flight <laughs> blind every single night like then when all the writers went home all these hot girls <laughs> were
0: left like, without a fucking
1: it was like musical chairs you know and I'm like the
0: only dude to sit on <laughs> and you could have been insta boyfriend too because you were like oh you need some I need some content you need some content I'm the, I'm the guy plenty of fucking content for you
1: but yeah so it was like it, yeah it was a, it, that was a crazy that was a crazy time too.
0: what a uh, like what an incredible opportunity in the sense of like to to have experienced what you've experienced when most people they leave school they go to uni or whatever they go into a job like you got to party with people like rock stars to a to a degree like that's like and i was just lucky. like
1: i was young too mm. so i was like the same age as a lot of these guys and yep. a lot of the people that were in my, doing my job mm. were like older oh how good so that 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 was it was just, again luck yeah. like it's all luck like
0: to just slot in at that time were timing. you their, their energy guy like in the sense of like they almost peer pressured you into getting loose all the time because like oh dude it was so funny like they
1: there were guys that would literally <laughs> so like a friend of mine he's like uh, married like super solid with yeah. his wife like he's he, like, like he's a gun and bro i was his toy like <laughs> and we'd go it'd be like right that's the girl right there hmm. he would just literally pick like any chick in the club and it yep. was just like it was a fun thing of like can you go and Try but, but yeah i used to i'd, I'd say to I'm like i'm here for one night like i ain't come back yep maybe next year that's not enough for anything to go further than tonight yep. so we can either just let's enjoy every bit of this <laughs> yeah like, the good old enjoy every bit of it let's milk this for what we've got yep. because you're beautiful and I'm, <laughs> I'm here for it <laughs> like I'm down to fall in love tonight baby like if and you, you want to fall in love we, we can fall in love and if
0: when it happens we can pretend like it never happened yeah because you never have to say anyone you hooked up with the
1: Australian because you've yep. never seen
0: me again yep. oh dude so yeah, it was like it was literally just that for, for Mate, a, what a, a long time like if you had a said when you're younger like you're going to be able to tour almost like a, a, a band tour around America like that and see the things that you've seen so lucky
1: yeah no it was cool and like yeah like I said just I didn't have the talent <laughs> so like I just feel I feel sorry for the boys that <laughs> had the talent did the work
0: went to the races it's like the one guy that like missed out going over there he's like worked his whole life and he like misses the Australian team by one person and then he sees you getting on the fucking plane going yeah fuck yeah boys oh dude and, <laughs> he's and I like, look, I worked my whole life for this shit dude and I look back to uh, like the person
1: I was and I'm just like <laughs> fuck you were a dick bro like oh uh, so badly wish you weren't that guy <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it was the craziest apprenticeship for like this job mm. that's the thing so i ended up um not to make this my fucking biography no but fuck. i uh, i ended up i ended up um i had some like crazy health issues i had a visa mm like a working visa and then i was like applying for a new one you're not supposed to leave the country and like so there was some shit that kind of went down and it, i just went from like living that life that we we're just talking about to mm. just like the rug getting pulled out from underneath oh, no me way. shut down you're done that wow. and that was five years ago so and i literally just went from like living the dream do you mind well like me asking what your health
0: issues that you had
1: oh i've i was, i did not know this but mm. i was born with one kidney no and I was, we used to, the crew that I was like working in. So I started pretty much working like exclusively for Red Bull. Yeah. So we'd shoot like all their documentaries. Like mm. I was literally just traveling around the world. I had this one camera that I was like pretty good at using mm. and not many other people use it. It was like a really crazy, like slow motion camera. Okay. Um, and so at the end, I literally was just getting like flown around the world to all these different events wow. just to bring like one camera no and shoot like. You just get these shots and yep. then you hand it to the team. So I just literally got to kind of do my own thing. But then, so I was working with this crew and uh, we would do these big projects and then we would go... They had a house in Lake Tahoe. Mm. And so whether it was summer, we'd be mountain biking or if it was winter, we'd be snowboarding. Mm. So we'd like work like fuck for weeks and then we'd fly back to Tahoe and we'd do all the post-production in this house in Tahoe but yep. we'd snowboard all, all yep. right. Yep. And anyway, one day I'm just on the hill snowboarding and just have like this fucking huge one trying to avoid hitting an old lady in all pink helmet gloves no jacket fucking skis <laughs> now polished up, like as california soccer <laughs> yeah. mom as you could <laughs> yeah and then, and so i ended up fucking up my kidney but i didn't know i only had so one you, well you had a massive crash trying to avoid it yeah yeah, yeah. so i'm just like cartwheeling down the hill yeah and in the process i've elbowed myself in the ribs yeah. and i've popped the there's like a valve that connects your bladder and your kidney. And oh so I my fucked that up. God. And I've only got one. Holy. No health insurance. No dude, I like literally nearly died. And Fuck. Uh, yeah, it was fucking hectic. And then we had a it was <laughs> the waste management phoenix open was scheduled (laughs) for like four weeks i was like i didn't fucking leave it's like your mecca yeah so i like waited to to go to that event we were doing some stuff with ricky fowler for red bull Mm. and then i like pretty much waited i was like on death's door dude like there's photos of me i'm like yellow i can't believe i was throwing up every morning like i was on chemo like it was fucking hectic
0: as in so were you on medication then or you i had no idea so you just thought you were oh man i'm a bit sick i actually thought i got like a stomach virus because i was throwing
1: up so much and like all for for four weeks i ate fruit salad and drank powerade that's it because oh, that's what tasted good when i threw up yeah Okay. Like, that's how regularly i was no thrown. it way. was gnarly dude but man what is wrong with blokes and seeing doctors well i didn't have health insurance over oh, there so you, oh, it's so expensive i was so scared dude. oh fuck yeah okay so then anyway i ended up coming home but if fucked so up so you flow
0: home flew home yeah sick? yeah so I, you
1: cooked the whole way on the fly oh bro i they reckoned the doctor said they're like, I can't believe you survived that flight. Yeah, My fuck. blood pressure was like 240 <clears throat> over 120 or like- s- Were you pretty fit at that stage? I'd su- not as fit as I am now. Like, yeah. cause I was like partying yeah, and like, yeah, I wasn't really training. I wasn't, I wasn't doing jujitsu at that point. But were you
0: active though at yeah, least? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was
1: super active. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I ended up, I was living with this crazy dude actually. And he had like this whole pharmacy cabinet. <laughs> with like every prescription drug that oh, you. and so he's like dude like you gotta take a couple xanax like, oh got... my god so anyway, i ended up just fucking zonking myself out for the f- literally the, the whole flight, flight. like yeah. i i had to i held like a sick bag and, and under my jacket like just in case i threw up i like smuggled myself back to australia <laughs> and then i got to uh, i got home went to the doctor's and then I sort of started like feeling all right. And I was like, fuck, maybe, maybe it was like a stomach thing. Yeah, Flew to Adelaide. My brother does sports management. Oh my God, bro. <laughs> Dude, my brother does sports management for like, he does like Chaz Mostert and he does like the Red Bull yep. V8 team and stuff. So he this was like six, five, six years ago mm. and uh, maybe even more. So he's like kind of early in his business. And he was like, Jace, could you come shoot some content for me? Mm. So I was like, sweet, I'll get on a plane. I'll <sighs> go... I landed there. I didn't have an Australian phone. I had nothing. I'd just come back. Yeah. And I get there. There's an ambulance waiting for me because I've gone and done these tests no and way. then flew to Adelaide just for the weekend. Yeah. So I ended up being in Adelaide for like two weeks. Crazy surgeries. Like I pretty much. So where the doctor called and said, yeah. get the ambulance there asap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No way. And then I and then I just like kind of fucking panicked ran got in a taxi <laughs> what <laughs> and then just fucking and then yeah i was in in a hospital in adelaide for like two weeks and no way yeah it was hectic dude but it it uh yeah so then i found out that i only have one kidney which i wasn't born with but apparently one in 300
0: people are born with one kidney so you just were you like oh your mum and dad where's my kidney bro
1: yeah, straight up. I was like, I fucking knew my brother was the favorite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and this proves it. <laughs> he's got me. He's got three kidneys. <laughs> Why has my brother got three kidneys uh, for? <laughs> yeah, and
1: we've both got these scars. <laughs> but yeah, so that ended up, like, a long way of saying that ended up, like, fully fucking up the whole America thing. So mm. I went from, like, living that life to just the rug got pulled and Cause I was like, just back with nothing to do.
0: Exactly. Like, it's not like let's say you were in Australia and all this was happening and then you stopped working, but you were still in Australia. You wouldn't have experienced like the big shining lights of America. But yeah. to go from the fast pace of America, like 330 million people, all that kind of stuff, to the slow pace of Australia, it's almost like a double whammy.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. it was. And I was like, I was 30. Oh, no, I was like probably 28, I think, at the time mm. when, when I ended up coming home. And I had, like, no money. I had, like, a chick. I actually dumped it the chick that I was with in Rome. <laughs> like, Even though she stuck with you through one kidney? No, well, she kind of fucked me around through oh, the one really? kidney. So okay. then I was like, all right, you clip from the program. <laughs> but, yeah, so I'm like... She probably fucking stole your kidney, bro. <laughs> yeah, straight up. <laughs> but, yeah, so I was 28 with no money. I had, like, two cameras. Mm. And then I ended up having these microphones like I was doing some other I was like kind of experimenting with the podcast thing Mm. um, but it wasn't like a thing I was doing yet you know Mm. like I was kind of just figuring it out but yeah like it literally ended up being like the only thing I had going for me
0: it's Like, like really interesting that you know the, it, it's, it seems like you have not had nothing at that stage and and to a degree you had yeah nothing.
1: Tech, like on a material sense like yeah nothing.
0: but at the same time like your value is your skill set mm-hmm. so you actually had everything it was just a matter of like did you want to utilize it whereas like sometimes you can you can leave a job and you're like what did I actually learn mm. like what skill set do I have to go and generate revenue from and like it's really interesting that just from two cameras yeah you've essentially built all this yeah and it all comes just off talent like and, and it's and hard work
1: and, and it's the it's and it's just luck too mm. you know and that like what you could call classically bad luck like <laughs> <laughs> you know like cartwheeling comedy it. of errors that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. brought you to this point yeah, yeah yeah and and i think that you know uh, that i always i love i guess like telling that story and i that's one of like my biggest things that if i can influence people in any way is just like when you have something fucked up happen to you, just keep going because and if y- a dickhead like me can, <laughs> can recover from those comedy of errors, mm. you know, and you just don't know how that thing is going to play into the rest of your life and the, you know, the kind of future that you can have off the back of seemingly terrible things in the moment. For sure. It what? would have felt like you with footy, like that oh, you, lo- you lost your career in footy, but then. This is what comes off the back of it.
0: Oh, there's so many things. Like, maybe it's my own bias because I'm...
1: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online. Plus, no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to Figure.com and get that serious upgrade figure lending LLC DBA figure equal opportunity lender NMLS 1717824 terms and conditions apply visit figure.com for more information for licensing information go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org
0: trying to look for glass half full the positive in a negative but all to my understanding all the best things in my life have happened after yeah it feels like everything has fallen apart you know like even you know initially deciding to go from soccer to league like you know, the first year or two was really lonely because I didn't, I didn't have really that much friends. Like, they were my mates in the sense we rocked up, we played together, they respected me. But I didn't really have a friend that, like, you know, me and him would hang out and do whatever in, in rugby league. And so, obviously, I didn't have any outside rugby league because that's all I did. So, that was tough. But then I ended up getting to debut. And I even remember specifically, like... So, like, I'd been basically close to debuting for quite a while, ended up debuting, but there were still senior players that, like, didn't really speak to me because... I just didn't really fit in that well. Yeah. I, but I still remember the night. It was like halfway through the season. I'd been playing first grade for a bit, playing really good footy. And Sean Berrigan pulled me aside. Um, he's hard like a hard man. He's a hard, hard man, man. Great international, great player. If you don't follow footy, just a, a gun, like a really played for Australia, played for Queensland. And he was just like, first of all, this is the first time I found out I was weird. And this, but anyway, he goes, <laughs> listen. And we're on the drink out. Like we were talking about before. Uh, the blokes uh, talking to each other on drink. Uh, on the drink out, he goes, listen we all think you're a bit of a weird cunt <laughs> but we respect you <laughs> and so like most people will be like hang <laughs> on a sec what did you just say that first bit <laughs> yeah. but all i was like is like oh my, like it was a, such a moment for me like yeah. all these boys respect i've earned their respect um but yeah it was also the first time i was like i don't kind of feel like i'm weird like that's that's fucked <laughs> but no I, I remember the moment of like just just finally fitting in into that kind of environment um but I didn't even know where we were going with that, where were we were at. Fuck, good story, though. Yeah, well, fuck if, it. If, Maybe I've just fucking taken us down there because I wanted to tell that story. I don't know. I love the story, though. <laughs> I'm here for it. The,
1: the, uh, that whole, like, not fitting in and the senior players, like, there's a, it's funny, there's like a thing that I think happens in, that's just such a, like a natural pecking order, essentially. Yeah. Like, when, when I go into the gym, like, you see a new dude come through yeah. the door and you're just like, enjoy the two weeks bruh. <laughs> yeah, <you're getting> <laughs> yeah we'll fucking see you never because <laughs> yep. you ain't coming 100%. back and you get those people like there would be people that you could tell that story to and be like well no that's no, fucked that they didn't talk to you yeah yeah and then you're just like well wait a minute there's that many people that are in this revolving door and there's probably like seven or eight guys that are like solid and there for like 10 years yeah and if you're on the outside of that group, like it actually makes sense once you're in that environment, how yeah. that can actually happen? For sure,
0: I, I think it's a rite of passage. Yeah, and I think that I, I do like the next generation has been given more opportunity, and it's more, I guess, egalitarian. Where young yeah, people, young, young yeah. I, I I respect it, and like I came from a generation where you literally just didn't talk. You went and got coffees. They they treat you like shit. Because and it may sound like I think to a lot of people, or maybe the younger generation, or on the internet, or whatever. If if you told some of the stories, they'd be like, "That's that's ruthless, yeah. That's you know abuse, and you know you're going to be scarred for life." And look, I'm not speaking to other people's experience, so I'm not sitting and saying that that doesn't happen at all. I'm just speaking to my experience, and in my experience, it's about finding out: Are you going to earn the right to put on this jersey that we all bled for? Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of people forget that that's just a piece of material. What makes that piece of material special? It's the men and women that have come before you and sacrificed. The men and women for 25 years, at the start of the 25 years, a lot of them didn't get paid. A lot of them did it for the love of it. They built up the recognition why you put that shirt on you feel so proud they built that literally with their blood and their sweat yeah, and their tears yeah, yeah and so that's why i do think it's important now i i do understand that we have to give a little bit because the generation coming through now is different and it doesn't mean it's bad it's just different like yeah. i'm not a i'm not a hater an old guy going oh you should fucking tell every young guy up and that comes in or whatever yeah so we do have to give a little but i also think there is a lot of value in saying are you not Because you're a young, good player, you deserve this jersey. No, no, no. The other way around, are you worthy of putting this jersey on? Or are you, you know, in motocross, I'm sure there are... Are you worthy of... Riding for this team. Riding for this team, exactly. We've got a reputation that's been built by people that have sacrificed way fucking more than you. Yeah. You're not entitled to anything. It's the guys that are willing to go through some bad stuff. and And look, as I said, if you said on the internet what it was, people would lose their minds. But it teaches you to like appreciate what you do when you get there but also you let everyone else know that jersey means more to me than even my own. What I want, yeah, so yeah like, it's I, bigger than it's, it's bigger, bigger than me. The sum of its parts, exactly. So yeah, okay, I might be a bit sooky that you said my hair was shit and I fucking this you're that. And the next, I'm a weirdo, <laughs> like or I'm a bum and like like there'd be little things like this is just a, the surface. Like you'd walk in and Hodjo might be like, mate, fucking one call of the coach and you're fucking out of here. You're a bum, <laughs> like like just stuff like that. You're an 18 year old, wigging out, going, holy moly, uh. um. And so it was kind of just daily banter, kind of like yeah, that. And there would yeah. be worse stuff than that and less stuff than that. But again, you're proving to them. And at the time, I didn't even know it. Yeah, yeah. It's not It's an old head mentality. It's an old like head to mentality. To know, yeah. I just thought, holy shit. Like, What yeah. I didn't realize is, is if they aren't talking to you, that's, that's a the real problem. problem. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that we can be better at explaining that to the younger men and women that come through. Yeah. It's like, listen, it's a test. They, it's not that they don't like you. They just want to see whether you are worthy of... Because like when you think about it from their perspective as well, they went through it. So what what makes you better than them yeah. when they went through a harder time? We always soften as generation comes. And so I think that rite of passage is really, really important. Like yeah. I really do. It shows like it shows that you are willing to put aside your own... Because, per- like, it's a team sport as well. Yeah. So you're willing to put aside your own personal feelings for the greater good. The greater good is that jersey. And that's what it- that's how you win premierships. You know, I was fortunate enough to be a part of the wider squad in 2006 when we won the premiership. Yeah. I didn't play in the actual team, but I was in the squad that trained every day and all that kind of stuff. And that was what it was about. It wasn't about the individual. And it's easy to say these words and people go, yeah, it's about the team. Yeah. But until you've been in a team environment and, you know... There's a 110 kilo guy running at you, and you know in your head that you're probably going to get knocked out. <laughs> yeah. Will you put your head there? Yeah. If you're thinking about yourself, you won't. Yeah. If you're thinking about the team, you will. Yeah. And it's easy to say, yeah, I'd do it, but would you do it, bro? Yeah. Would you do it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Me personally, no. <laughs> no. That's why I'm not in the footy <laughs> team. Um, and so that right passage, it, it, it. Even like army camps we used to go on. Yeah, dude. It was all about breaking us and see seeing who and you'd be shocked have you ever been on like an SAS camp or anything like that
1: I've been I've actually I filmed a commercial for the US Army oh really like, yeah when I was in the US Fuck. and dude it was fucking hectic yeah. like there was like Black Hawks. it was the whole the whole deal mm. but and then I got to be mates with one of the sergeants that run the training courses yeah but yeah same deal you know they're just like breaking a, a person to see like how they react, how they react in yeah. that situation and mm. it was interesting like you and Benny had it last night We're talking about about the camp that you guys did in in yeah. 06 and it's like the most brutal camp that you could have done in the office well the the most brutal camp that was ever done at the broncos was the same year they won a premiership yeah, and it's yeah. just
0: like coincidence yeah exactly exactly and like so this camp was six days and it was six days of sas yeah what they do for sas so to get into the the tippity top of the australian army the difference was is is that we did it for six days and it was like I lost 10 kilos but yeah like Darius lost 12 kilos we had ticks on us leeches on us like it's intense you know as we were saying last night you know your listeners probably won't hear that podcast but which
1: they should they can
0: go yeah to go to black yeah you know, we had to kill chickens to eat. We didn't eat the How gnarly is yeah. that, just bro? just chucked it at us and said, if you want to eat, you get there. You go. And so I'm wigging out going, I don't, well, I don't know how to kill a chicken. Yeah. And I don't want to kill a chicken. I'm like, all oh, gone, all fucking. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Like, I don't want to kill a chicken. <laughs> you died of starvation <laughs> yeah. in another world. And then Brad Thorne just goes, give it here. <laughs> Boom, rips its head straight off. And I was like, oh my God. Um, but again, it's, it's all about breaking people down and seeing like a lot of people think they've got what it takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you you just don't know. And this is not me sitting here saying, Oh, I'm so I'm a tough guy, because I'm not I'm the opposite of that. Like yeah, I, you
1: know that you know now. Yeah, I know, I know <laughs> yeah.
0: like I didn't enjoy it. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I did excel in that environment, but not because I was sitting there going into this it is, saying I'm this tough. Is great and yeah. yeah. Whereas like you just you would be surprised, you, you could have the guy that, you know, looks the toughest, you know, and you go oh, mate, he's gonna kill it mere fit, everything. Some dweeby, nerdy, doesn't speak much or whatever. And you'd be surprised at the way different people react. Like, it, it, honestly, it's actually a good exercise to do as well because, like, you see a lot of strength in people that you've never seen before. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and so that's, again, it's all a part of the rite of passage. It's all a part of seeing, like, what are they made of when the chips are really down? Yeah. Do they, like, go inwards and care about themselves or do they open up and say let's go together as a team yeah um and so yeah I, I understand that we need to obviously always listen and improve but i do think we there's some value there's to that there's got to be yeah. some value it's yeah. been around for hundreds of thousands of years oh dude you know and I, i'm not talking about like crazy stuff or anything like that we got to get rid of that like dangerous all that kind yeah of stuff. yeah but i do think there is definitely benefit to going yeah it's like a sifter yeah, you know yeah, like sifting yeah. through like who's who's a waste of time and who's not yeah
1: and and i think too that like i think with like with Rones and alex like there's two young young dudes at work here mm. and they've worked here for like since they're in year 12 mm. you know and so it's like with Rones, it's like he's three years in like now mm. and there's times where you, it's like it's almost counterproductive to Sit down, have the meeting, have the do it properly. Yeah. Whereas you just go like, "Mate, are you fucking serious?" Yeah, <laughs> and then be like, "Boy, boy, come over here and have a look at what this dickhead is. What a fucking idiot!" And then everyone has a laugh at. Yeah. It's cruel. Yeah. You know, like that's not that makes you feel kind of shit. Yeah. But it's like it gets the message across mm. in a way. That everyone's involved in, everyone's on the same page. It's yep. out in the open. There's no fucking weird or yep. I actually just think there's sometimes like value in in that. And like, so for I grew up around Nate and Callum Miles, mm. right? So they played for yep. they played for uh suburbs and we went to St. Joey's like school together, right? Mm. And so I was like the annoying younger kid that knew them from footy. And would hang around them at school, like, yeah, and yeah. I'm like years younger than Nate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know how old Nate is. Maybe I'm like th- three or four. How old are you? I'm 34. I'm 34. I think he's like 37, maybe. Yeah. So he's like a few years. Yeah. Yeah. And like, they wouldn't sit me down and be like, "Hey, Jace, you're talking too much." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, "Oi, shut the fuck, fuck <laughs> up!" You know, and it becomes it's like a public <laughs> yep. kind of a public thing. But if that like, I feel like I learned some shit from those boys, yep. giving me that you know that. Attitude, and I think about like footy coaches too, man. Like we had this one I played for brothers yep. in Cairns, which was I was the only, there was me and this kid called Martin Jelfa. We were the only white kids on this team, dude. And we so were probably the, the worst players out of a lot. Bro, we were fucking awful. <laughs> Martin was on the bench. I started luckily, so I was the best of a bad bunch. <laughs> but we had. It was just us just us white boys on the team and Mm. we had like a team of guns, bro. Like Mm. you'd know the you know, you know the juniors from up north that Mm. just like coconut footy, you know, like they just got they just Yeah, they're have a crazy level of athleticism and talent and they're just throwing shit around everywhere. And but a lot of those kids were kinda like broken sort of families Mm -hmm. and like this environment. We had this one coach and he was he was a light skin. But he was Aboriginal Yeah So he was pretty much white <laughs> Compared to these boys And bro like He was the most like Hard-nosed racist <laughs> Like it was wow. just It was like it, You could have made a TV show About our like Under-14s Under-15s We're So just teams. a like, racist He was But he was He was black so, like, but he was white compared to them.
0: You know? oh, so,
1: like, God. he was actually Aboriginal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it yeah. looked like literally a white guy, guy screaming at all. all. Stuff. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, the, the talent up there and the young Indigenous boys and Polynesian boys. Oh, man. If they just had the same opportunities, whether it means going home to a, a home that is set and okay, that, there's so many players that could play in a role that never do. Dude, there
1: was a like yeah so like nate miles jamie frizzo mm. um his brother callum like there was a bunch of like sammy thide big sammy t justin hodges Honjo. played he was a cairns boy yeah, like, yeah. there was a it was insane man mm. the amount of talent that was up there um i mean dude chico's from from up there yeah, as well. Cigaro. Dude, bro, like his his older brother billy really oh Gun. bro he
0: was the man when I was a kid so Chicos really interesting and maybe you would have seen it as well like he's another guy that like beat the odds you know, oh yeah massively like he's a young kid um, from PNG that was they were struggling so much financially yeah. that he was watching kids go to school and jealous of them because he couldn't afford to go to school yeah and it, there's a lot of other kids out there that just don't have the same pathways as say me when i grew yeah. up on the gold coast like yeah. i didn't grow up with much money but i had more opportunity than yeah. chico did yeah and a lot of these other indigenous young lads and polynesian boys it, the talent up there is in and also you know when you really sit down and think about what they're actually going through as young kids oh, and you yeah. start to go how they even got to where they were anyway is incredible
1: well and and footy was such uh and this was where I was going with the story about the our coach yeah. uh, he um he was such like a mentor to these boys mm. and like you'd see that he really mattered and mm. what he said mattered and he was fucking giving it to him you know like yeah. if you stood on the like there were parents that used to complain about him no way on the sidelines that were like and like parents of the other team that would be like you can't talk to the boys like this and it's yeah. like lady it's fine yeah. you know like this, it's the, this is it's, how they. It's how the, this is how it works for him yeah. but that that leadership that they had because mm. he was like a hard leader and mm. the rules and the discipline and making him come and like man the talent on the team was, was, was just crazy yeah. you know mm. but um yeah, yeah, man, Chico, like he—he he actually played with my brother. Like they, oh, played, really? yeah, they played rep footy from nah, like under, his story under is eights incredible. together. Yeah,
0: his story is amazing. Uh, his father was like relatively successful in PNG, and then a bunch of stuff happened. Lost everything yeah. had to move over here, live with other people. Um, his story—I mean, again, there's so many. You know, Latrell's story is amazing. Like yeah. a lot of Indigenous kids, they just if you put that challenge in front of me, I don't know whether I would have got through it, you know? Like yeah, so, it's yeah, just yeah. so and in AFL too, it's a similar situation. So many talented indigenous kids that that you like you wouldn't believe what they've been through to get to. Yeah. I mean, for example, there was a story of two indigenous kids that drove like nine or ten hours or something recently to get a trial at one of the rugby league clubs. And like just that dedicated like that that sacrifice or that willingness like the drive to, yeah to, to yeah have a crack with with you know so much other things going on you yeah. know at home or whatever it is so yeah i mean it's incredible. The,
1: the thing with up home as well is i think when when i was like younger i used to look at some of the some of the boys they were like the indigenous boys that would play from a lot of because we're it was like a very indigenous club yeah and uh and we'd look at these boys that were going away on trials and, and going to play for... You know, they'd go for two school boys and they'd get, like, uh, the homestays and stuff. And then in six months, they'd be back. Mm. And everyone always... And I would mm. me included, like, when I was younger, you'd think that that was a lack of, like, discipline mm. and, like, they had all the talent, but they weren't serious about it or whatever. I don't know whether people understand it on, like, a wider spectrum, but there's a big cultural difference between white Australians or like immigrant Australians Mm. and then indigenous Australians or Torres Strait Islanders culturally in terms of what family means. Mm. And so a lot of people, and I think it still gets thrown around sometimes, like, ah, they're fucking so talented, but they just don't give a fuck or they're not whatever. It's like, nah, they actually value family in a different way than what we do. Mm. So when you take, um, actually I'm trying to remember his name, but he was a, he was a halfback in the era of like nate and like uh ashley millwood and there was yep. like a there was a there was like a really good year where a lot of those boys kind of mm. like graduated mm. and and went on like sammy thought it, that whole kind of era mm. and um fuck i wish i could remember his name but he like phenomenal bro yeah like absolute like just carved everybody yeah and then he went away and then came back pretty quickly and uh, and everyone—it's that same sort of, yeah. you know, that same narrative that everyone was was spinning. And then me and him, we ended up actually it was like at my school formal or something. And he was out and mm. we, were, we were drinking, and he was just saying like, "I just miss my family, bro." Yeah.
2: He's
1: like, he, he's like, I could have made it. Mm. I could have signed the contract. I could. He's like, I just come home. Yeah. It's not. It's got nothing to do with like. I want to be on the piss, or I want to. Like, yeah, I just don't want to fucking be away from my family. It is yeah. what it is. I'm yeah. not ch- like footy do Don't mean that much to me.
0: Well, it's like when people try to run with that narrative. A is it still a narrative in the sport a little bit? I, I think I think they're getting more educated. Yeah. Like because the the game is trying to educate. Yeah. Okay. Players of like the indigenous culture and and like a lot of players like Latrell and Cody Walker are really, you know, trying to be the forefront of that. Which but is pretty cool. It's really cool, and and you're absolutely right. It's not just a throwaway line. It's like, oh, it's different. No, no, it is actually yeah, dude. tangibly different Yes, family compared to, and it's not one is better than the other or whatever. It's just different. Culturally on a different it's planet. It's just different. And until you sit down with the indigenous person and hear that what they feel about the whole situation, you get a better understanding. But I even, so you add that, bro, how many immigrant or, or white fellas go away, including myself, I went to New Zealand, I got homesick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so Fuck yeah. it's not it's not just them that get homesick. We everyone has it. Like, the amount of people that go to Super League in in rugby league and they go over there for a year and play. These are gun NRL players. Yeah, yeah. Super League is nowhere near as good. These guys go there, get homesick, come home. Yeah. How many England players come here, and then they go back home because they get homesick? Yeah. Like, so you've got that already. The cultural difference on top of it is human nature. Yeah. For a lot of people to go. I want to be where either close to where I grew up an hour away, a 2 hour flight max. Yeah. I want to be in the a similar environment with a similar culture, it's comfortable. And so yeah, the, I, I always just don't understand that narrative because it's like, well, we can look at so many other people that aren't indigenous that get homesick. So why yeah. do we why will we just attribute it to them? Like And
1: it, it wasn't it's not even described as homesickness. It's mm-hmm. literally like my family died. Yeah. Like that's literally the level at what the, at least the way that it was explained to me is yeah. it's like it's like a go away and it's like my family's dead mm. <laughs> you know yeah. and like I think about my my mum like when I went to America it was like my mum didn't want me to go and she was obviously sad but it's like we're and every day like we're just the tools are different it seems like yeah. you know like it seems like we've just got our culturally we're so used to kids flying the coop Mm. and then we've got ways to deal with it within our own Mm.
0: culture you know and it's just it's it's not the same for those guys one of my um one of my ex-partners was from El Salvador and basically like you didn't leave the house until you no matter of fact I think the eldest son it was like culturally he would they would like expand the house and he would bring his wife into the home and the young the The girl of the family would only leave once she was married. Yeah, and again, it's just cultural differences. You have yeah. to understand if you're brought up in that culture, leaving home, like for example, me moving out at eighteen, it was like, yeah, of course, like whatever, there's no big deal. And your parents expect to go Everyone, out, everyone is your on the same way, Find your own yeah. way, find your of own way and stuff. Whereas, like, let's say you're a young El Salvadorian or whatever a young woman, and you say, I'm going to move out with my girlfriend and, and whatever, they'd be like, No, yeah, you're I'm not married. Not, you're, not you're not married. Like, you're not. And and but also the young girl usually would be like i want to be around my family because it's culture so it's just i think it's just all about perspective now don't get me wrong of course i'm sure there are some people that you know have gone away and been lazy or whatever like that's human nature yeah yeah, yeah. that's human nature that's not specific to one certain type of people but um man it's weird as you get older how much like we went I, i flew back i flew here up here yesterday yeah and i went back to my home that I grew up in today oh, yeah. to film the the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. stuff that I showed you earlier um and there's just nothing like home is there it's nah. just and I don't know it, it's for everyone too so it's like it's not the place that yeah. because yeah, yeah. everyone has it yeah, but yeah. there's just uh, maybe it's because the environment where you were safe because your parents took care of you so yeah. it's like you go back to that and you feel like I don't have anything to worry about. Mum and dad's going to take care of it, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's no, no place like home.
1: Nostalgia oh. is so tangible. Yeah. Like I was texting with one of my buddies and uh, we we're both like moto kids, like watching the same mm. videos and whatever. And so anyway, he, he records an audio note of uh, an old song that was like on a, a bunch of, what like these movies. Yeah and i was like fuck haven't heard that and i put i just like stopped everything that i was doing in my house and i like got my speaker and i just like fucking cranked this song Aww. and it was like i took drugs yeah all i hadn't heard back. it in yeah. so long and it just like flooded flooded its way through and i think that homes are like that yeah i think that what you're getting is like some weird biological cocktail Must of be. nostalgia that yeah. is like a fucking drug
0: and it's like because you grew up there there's almost a connection to the land to a degree as as a human mammal like yeah you know as monkeys really yeah you know that's your land or whatever um it's really it's interesting because like you know my my father he probably could have sold the property a bit ago and like we all agreed like mate like and he agreed he, he was the one pushing it but like that's what he's worked his whole life like if you yeah. if you you know he still hasn't paid it off but so and he's are he's your like, parents still up here um yeah yeah so he still hasn't paid it off but it's like if you were to sell that now then you, you like you leave this world with no land yeah and, it, yeah and it sounds a bit bizarre like you sound like a primal kind oh, of thing no, I th- but I you know. i i think saying? the same thing bro like what's the point of leaving the world with not having any land it's almost like you didn't exist <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what i mean yeah, you could, yeah. in the grand scheme of things you literally just didn't excuse you just yeah, came and went yeah whereas like if you have at least some land it doesn't have to be big or whatever but it's like, that was the Kemp land. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, That's yeah. our land. We own it. Now, look, we can get the conspiracies and the government can take it away from your market and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. But for the, for, for for all uh, intents and purposes, it's ours. It's ours until <laughs> yeah. they come with the guns. But it's ours. And so it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's as I get older too. Like when I was younger, I was like, I don't give a yeah, shit. Like, yeah. you know, who cares? Like move wherever. As I get older, I'm like, man, you know, I'd love that to pass down through the family, whether it's my brother or me or sister or whatever. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's something there's something about home. Eh? It's just fucking weird. And did, everyone has it. Oh no, and it's you're
1: right. It's as you get older, and so we're pretty much the same age. Like mm-hmm. you're 35. I'm. 30. Are you 89? 87. Uh, sorry, 87. Yeah. yeah. So, did we have the best generation? Like, were we it? Did we have the last good one?
0: Oh man, I don't know. Do you th- ever think about that? I I I I'm always of the okay. This is one I think I always promised myself. I never wanted to be an older hater. So yeah, I never, I yeah, never yeah. wanted to be the guy, like, for example, like when TikTok first came out, like, yeah, yeah, look, yeah, yeah. would I ever dance on TikTok? Absolutely not. But I'm never going to be the guy like, you fucking idiot. This is right? fucking stupid. Yeah, you yeah. loser. Like, what are you doing? Like, of course, there's some stuff where I'm like, ooh, that's a bit, a bit <laughs> yeah, weird. Yeah, But like, I've always promised myself, like, the, our parents had the same feeling about us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how can you not understand that all you're doing is exactly what your parents did to you that <laughs> yeah. pissed you off? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it doesn't mean that like I have to go and do TikTok and start dancing that. But at the same time, like hate on these should. kids. You should. I should I mean, yeah, get, get a kid <laughs> off and start dancing. Um But like it doesn't mean I have to start hating on these yeah, kids. Yeah. And also like to say subjective like say objectively oh TikTok's shit or yeah. like that content is shit it's like well then you are your parents because your parents was like how do you play video games all day yeah. and I'm like you don't get it it's yeah. the fucking best thing ever headshots <laughs> mum exactly <laughs> and it's the same thing with the next generation they're yeah. like I never want to be that because then they'll say the same thing to me you don't get it um, so I, what I will say about our generation though that I think is extremely valuable and different to any other generation was we had pre- and post-internet kind of yeah. lives. We were the last ones. We were the last ones, but also we're the first ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, And so I do think that is a unique place to be in history where we can go, we know what it was like pre-internet, but we were also the first ones to adopt it. Yeah. And I think and the internet, it, it's arguably the most important invention of all time. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's special. I do think that's special.
1: I think that there's something to that Mm. like i actually i'll i'll go and take like a harder stance on that in the sense that not in the you're right you never want to be your parents (laughs) but i really think like objectively Mm. when you look at the way that we grew up like we had house parties we had phone lines we had dial up internet there was no instagram you didn't have a smartphone like but we were so young still when all of those things were implemented mm. and we were like the early adopters of the internet. So it's like, we're the Besser brick of bricks or like we're the GoPro of action camps. Yeah. Like we were the first ones, yeah. you know? So it's like when it comes to using the internet, it's like we were first to market. Yeah. And it's like, you. then I think like you're starting to see the shift into the people that have only grown up with the internet and they've only ever grown up with like Twitter beef and wokeness and like never been punched in the mouth.
0: Oh, never, you know what I mean? Like never had- Honestly, this is going to sound mental and, <laughs> and maybe it is mental. Just shoot your shot, baby. Bro, I'm going to shoot it. I kind of feel like every young person should be punched in the face once. 100%. Even, even if like, I'm not saying they break their jaw, they put the mouth guard on, put boxing gloves on. I'm not saying go and scrap. I'm just saying I just need some people <laughs> to know how quickly you can get knocked out and how vulnerable you really are, yeah. and that's coming from a guy that thought I was invulnerable when I was 18. You yeah, know? Like yeah. obviously I got in my fair share of fights when I was growing up, whereas this next generation, like you, you can't fight. No. you don't. There's no fighting. Like no. you'll get charged with you fucking before yeah. you know it, you're in court. Yeah, and I think that it's made too many people comfortable being super disrespectful yeah. for no reason with no consequences and I'm not some guy that like is like I'm I'm against street fighting like if yeah, you're gonna do yeah. it do it in a ring or whatever yeah
1: or on, at least on the grass at least on the grass
0: <laughs> but like at the same time there has to be a line somewhere where it's like there's got to be consequences for your actions yeah. you can't say something so disrespectful and then hide behind the good nature of everyone else which is we all abide by the law yeah because that's yeah, what you're yeah, doing yeah. you're hiding behind the good nature of everyone else yeah that's what like a lot of bad people today thrive even more because the law is so on top of us we're so stuff. because they rely on our good nature to not create anarchy whereas if there was 10 of them it's anarchy because because you got one person not playing by the rules, but everyone else is playing by the rules. The guy not playing by the rules, usually he wins. Scott free. Because yeah. it, it doesn't matter. Whereas yeah. if you've got 10 blokes not playing by the rules, f- everyone's scrapping. Yeah. yeah, And, and that makes me mad because I'm like, you rely on our good nature to take advantage of us. Yeah. When in reality, 20 years ago, You would have got what's coming. You would have to ask yourself, am I willing to get yeah. in a physical altercation for what I'm about to do or say? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so true. I, and, and look, I'm not some like, oh, walking around going, oh, fuck you, what are you looking at? None of that. Like, I think it's the cringest shit ever. Yeah. But some of the the chat from people, you go, oh, mate, you would never say that ever. Because yeah. there's got to be a consequence reaction, but there is no consequence. Yeah.
1: No, no, I agree. Did you ever get fucking smacked in the mouth and really had to like,
0: I was never, no, I was never like, um, I was never like lippy or anything like that. I got in heaps of fights, not heaps of fights, but like I would get bullied a lot throughout um, school. So like, I think it was grade four was probably my first fight. Um, And then it would have been, then grade six had a fight and that was against, that was against two classmates and they called like my sister a fat cow or something like that, fought them. And again, there's a good example. Like they called my sister something that's younger than me. Nowadays, if I did that, I'd get suspended from school. Oh, yeah, you're done, yeah. But like, who's in the wrong here? Yeah. The kids that were calling a younger girl a fat cow... And then there's no like accountability. There's no there's accountability. No consequences. Little slap on the... Oh, did you call a fat cow? They say, no, I no, didn't. No, yeah. And
1: yeah. then you've got to go through, well, you need to fill out this form and you're going to have to 100%. do a course about it.
0: Yep. And, um. okay, so then... Yeah, so fought, you had a fight in year six, had a year fight in year eight. With This was just the same group of guys, like they just kept... Yeah, yeah, What would happen was, is they'd bully me for like a year or two. Like it was basically... Then you'd have a fight, and then they wouldn't, yeah, and then they'd exactly. start again. And then I would <laughs> yeah. say, enough's enough, let's go. Yeah. And then year eight, I think year 10, I, I don't think year 10 that we had another fight, but that the bullying did get quite bad then. But, but at that stage, I was away so much for sport that like... I just could avoid it. And then outside, I had a, a few scuffles like when I was like 18 and that. Um, I remember one real bad one in uh, Surface Paradise. Like I was just walking. It'll happen there. Yeah, it'll fucking know that it'll happen there. <laughs> I was just walking and someone, you know, called out, oh, you gay, rah, rah. Because like, I don't know, I dress nice, I guess. It's like. Bro, I just got good hair. Fuck, like, that's a compliment. Conf- right. Thanks, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I look good then. You're saying I look good? <laughs> yeah. Um, what a fuck? <laughs> yeah, let's do it, bro. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I went over to him and um, I was like, mate like what's wrong with you like i don't even know you and you're calling that out and he's like oh you know sorry mate but before i knew it I, he's like 11 mates had like come behind oh. me and the boys anyway dog shot from behind from one of them then it was just this fucking huge scuffle um yeah and there's been little scuffles between there and them. but those little scuffles have taught me like just, you got a healthy respect for like what you do and don't say i don't want to fight yeah i don't want to fight because no. it's like no getting punched in the face with no glove on. fucking sucks. You, you your face should break. If put it this way, if someone knows how to throw a punch and they connect cleanly on your face, your face will break. <laughs> yeah. And people don't get that. They watch yeah. movies and they think these big swinging punches and they go, "Oh wow, that's what a fight." No, no, no.
1: Yeah, it's over. It's
0: pretty quick. He gets a clean shot and he knows how to throw a punch, you will have a broken jaw, broken cheekbone, whatever it is almost guaranteed yeah and, and a lot of people don't know that
1: no nah, no i completely agree it's, yeah.
0: it's hectic dude i remember
1: i remember, <laughs> i was a smart ass kid i remember all right <laughs> <laughs> but this will I, this will never fucking leave me ever yeah and it never left me <laughs> so I, I played for suburbs for a year mm. uh and then i i left i didn't like the coach mm. and then i was uh, it was like a brother's game, and he was like had a few beers, and he was sort of standing there. And we, had, I ended up in his orbit, and we were kind of talking. I was like maybe fifteen or mm. something like that. I was maybe fifteen, and then he was like an old hard footy bloke too, you know. Like he was a kind of now knowing it. Now I didn't know then, mm. essentially. Like yeah, I didn't, okay. didn't, I didn't have the full awareness of like what a real man <laughs> yeah, was at yeah. this point, you know. <laughs> so I can't even remember what I've said, but I've like lipped up and said some fucking dumb kid shit and he literally looked at me and he took a sip and he just fucking elbowed me in the face bro in the
0: grandstands of a fucking junior footy game that's so rugby league and
1: bro I just fucking copped it yeah I just wiped the blood off my face like my lip was bleeding my nose was bleeding and I just wiped my thing and I was like right i I guess that's the way it is and i just fucking turned my shoulder a little bit so i didn't have to look at him and bro i was fucking crushed (laughs) (laughs) i tried to play it all cool and i i was like too scared to tell my old man because he would have fucking gone like it it would have just been on you know because i was a kid Mm. i deserved it yeah and i
0: I guess it was funny like even at that age you kind of oh i kind of deserve that oh dude i knew bro even at that age instantly i was like ah yeah okay (laughs) fair 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 call
1: and that's what that was like um, that was like man shit Mm. you know like and I'd been in dude we were the we were the most it was so funny because I was the only white kid on the team Mm. I could literally the boys would say to me like first scrum just fucking start throwing punches. <laughs> like, just get in there. And, uh, just start. Um, and I'd be like, yeah, okay, boys, no worries. I yeah. was like, you're younger than everyone. Yeah, yeah. So we'd get in, like, a bunch of... Like, those boys just loved it. A I think of half scrub. of them loved to be able to go to the footy on the weekend and, and just get into a fight. Yeah.
0: And the good thing about footy fights is, like, mostly no one's getting knocked out. Nah, like, you do nah. see it sometimes. Yeah. But they're so scuffly and rough that, like, it's, you know... And there's people here. there. And, yeah. yeah. But this, this was,
1: like actually real this was like getting hit by a man just fucking it, it felt like in cold blood <laughs> <laughs> and i just i was fucking rattled bro hey? like it was Mate. out of control but that, that taught me taught you a, a
0: massive lesson very very valuable Mate, lesson. you know what a valuable lesson about like it literally broke my heart once so i had one good friend in year 12 like anyway so like i don't know like i was talking to another bloke and, and so so his name was lincoln and so i was talking to another guy and I don't know, we were talking about like athletic ability or something. Anyway, so all I said was like, oh, Lincoln, he's lanky, so he's not that fast. Anyway, got back to him that I'd called him lanky and he <laughs> like pulled me up on it. And I was like, and he was filthy at me. So I'd lost my only friend. Yeah. It broke my heart. And I was from that moment where I was like, you know what? I'm never talking shit about, <laughs> yeah. even though it's like lanky, fuck <laughs> me, Jesus yeah. Christ, bro. I'm never talking shit about one of my best mates ever again because yeah. I never want to feel the, the dog portrayal of him being angry at me for something that I'd done, Ugh. dude, that would have hurt, bro. <laughs> it stung so bad, bro, and I, like I was like lost for words because I couldn't deny it. But it's, I was like, and he's like, fucking, he was filthy though. I mean, he wasn't that good of an athlete, if I'm being honest. He was lanky, and <laughs> he, he was, was like, <laughs> 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 no, I think, I think in this circumstance, you should have stuck up for yourself. <laughs> we'll say so let's have a race, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you can beat me, you're not lanky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Nah, that um, that there were some hard lessons to learn in that era. Like that yeah. guy could not do that to me now and oh, it'd be okay. He'd go like, to jail. Could you imagine, bro? He'd a dude just straight... And he was fucking probably drunk. Yeah, <laughs> like, he'd, be,
0: he'd be on the news probably. Like, yeah. you know, coach, elbows, fucking yeah. young, young next big thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next superstar, next, next half superstar. superstar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was funny though because
1: I knew in my heart that I deserved it. Yeah. And I also knew... It was it was a I was actually a crazy day of like understanding the real world in a sense because I also knew not to rat and tell my dad yeah because then I knew that would cause consequences for this guy yeah and I deserved it mm. so it was like a very humbling yeah. leveling experience yeah. and I learned a few things too like keep your fucking mouth shut as well because you fucking earn that yeah.
0: and there's certain blokes that are willing to take it across that line real quick yeah whereas like a lot of people they'll talk about it. But they aren't willing to take that step. Yeah. Like, for I mean, even me. Like, I was I was brought up with like, you never throw the first punch yeah. ever. My ever. dad
1: told me the exact opposite, man. That's what I was about, <laughs> was that's so exactly. That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah.
0: But there are some people out there yeah. that are yeah. taught you always throw first because yeah. that's how you win. Yeah. And so th- that's two polar opposites. So I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I'm not throwing until the death. You're thinking. I'm out of here as soon as this kicks off I'm starting to throw so you know what I mean like and and if you're not aware of that environment it's it's, I always liken it to like when they banned punching in the NRL yeah it made it actually a bit bizarre because I can't stand that to be honest there was still some people that were willing to cross that line yeah but 90% of the players wouldn't do it I'm never getting in a fight again because we're not allowed to punch. Yeah. So it actually made it more dangerous for some players because the one guy that was ready to kick off at any fucking second, I mean, you look at the Gull and the Nate Miles situation that end up banning it. Yeah. Gale, uh, Nate Miles obviously wasn't ready to fight. Yeah. But you look at um, Curtis Scott and Dylan Walker, like, you know, this is for big footy fans. And also what it did was it, it took away the power of, you have little niggly players. If they go around niggling everyone. Yeah, like and, the like, two Vs it, and the talking shit you know yeah. giving you like putting you in uh, uncomfortable positions all that kind of stuff back in the day they had to be aware that if they did that yeah gordon tallis might grab the front of your jersey and before you know it, you're in a you fucking understand. washing machine <laughs> yeah. before you know it in the washing machine <laughs> getting absolutely fed whereas now there is no punishment nah yeah yeah niggly as as you want and so the power dynamic of the big fellas they're almost at a disadvantage now because you've got little hookers that can do anything. Wrap their head. Yeah, Yeah. push their heads. All that kind of stuff and they can't do anything. Zero consequences. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that that honestly was a big turning point in me. I don't know whether this sounds lame to say, but Mm. that was a big turning point in me like not really giving a fuck about footy anymore. Oh, really? And it wasn't because of the dude i bled footy like when we grew up i I played from under sixes to under 16s yeah and i was at training two to three times a week like we were we were fucking in the the footy thing so it's not like i was a casual fan like there was a time where i was invested Mm. it just got so fucking hard to watch man yeah like it got for me it got so hard to watch that sort of shit where there was like no consequences for the the players that would have not done that you know and and there was like people didn't have to people didn't have to walk the walk they could just talk the talk absolutely and then it it sort of spills over I just think it kind of like spills over into the whole game it Mm. spills over into holding players down in tackles and it like Mm. I don't know to me it, it seemed like it become a a pretty kind of big deal through the game and then I think the referees got very, very involved in the game as well because there was no other way of adjudicating in in a sense. Like it had to be the whistle was like the only way that things got handled. Because it used to be the players that would would take care of it. Well, there was some stuff that the ref would take care of but then there was other stuff that like the players would take care of and then it become, like you said, that when everyone's got a nuclear bomb, no one wants to use them. Yeah. And then you take the bombs away, like you take the power power away of like a Gordon Talus or mm. then all of a sudden, like you said, you've just changed the entire like power dynamic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you even saw it a step even further. Like it's, uh, look, I understand NRL. And, I get
1: the other side of it Yeah, too. Yeah.
0: yeah, I get it. Like rugby league in NRL, you know, they got sponsors and you know all that stuff. So just know that we, we understand that side of things. But I do think that, for example, when they try to crack down on their head highs, look, I'm an ex-player, so I have probably got brain trauma. Not probably, I do. Yeah. Um. Anyone that's played well, NRL, well, this side of your face is kind of, exactly. <laughs> <yeah, okay. laughs> but anyone that's played NRL has had concussions. Yeah, yeah. And if you've had concussions, you've most likely got CTE. Now, obviously, there is different levels of it. Some is it's really a spectrum, bad. Yeah. Some is just really. You're not even going to notice it. You, you you won't even won't even bother. You. Um, so this is coming from a place of like, of course I don't want players getting head hide. I didn't want to get head hide. I'm not sitting here going, oh, how good is it that this bloke took his head off? But I do think that they've got to find a balance between the players know what they're getting into. It's a different story. Like when the NFL first, the whole drama with the NFL first happened, the concern wasn't the fact that they were playing and getting head knocks. The concern was that they had information about brain trauma mm-hmm. that they were allegedly didn't pass on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas... The NRL, to my understanding, has always passed on all that information. And so I kind of feel like if you're a player, you have to acknowledge, and I think players do, they understand that they may have that long-term damage. Yeah. Um, and so we have to find a balance between... Look at Rugby Union, for example. You can't even put, like, tackle above the, the peck yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. You don't want to take away the extreme excitement of Rugby League. You look at the UFC what is that it's the most exciting sport in the world why because it's a, it is there's rules and anyone that thinks there isn't rules just doesn't know how they don't watch it yeah, yeah how intricate the rules are yeah. but it is so brutal and so violent at the end of the day like that's what people want to watch yeah. it, it's we can pretend to pearl clutch and we can pretend to sit there and go oh this isn't good that i never put my kid in this never put my kid in that but you'll still watch it. Yeah, It's still entertaining. There's something primal about the physicality of the whole thing. And so we have to strike a balance between 100% taking care of the players. Like, there's no... Like, absolutely, I agree with all the protocols. If you get knocked out cold, you shouldn't be back for at least another week or two. Yeah, I think even two weeks. But sh- shots that, like, glance up off shoulders and just hit... The, you know, that kind of stuff, Yeah, we have to accept it in the game, I think. And accept that, like, the concern I have as well with, like, you don't ever want to get to a point i feel like sometimes the world is moving towards like no sport as in yeah, 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 no yeah. risk yeah yeah never get hurt yeah all we do is live in this like zombified bubble of just just a flat line yeah there's no ups there's no downs there's no damage yeah. you never have to feel like there's so many there's so many people i feel like now not so many people like like there are some people that i've met that like genuinely never want to feel bad again <laughs>
1: yeah yeah Do you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah. that's gets sold. that gets sold to you in a weird yeah, way like you've always got to be happy you've always got to be happy you've always got to be married you've got to be, or you've got to be married at this age yeah. you've got to have kids at this age you've got to have this kind of job you got we've been sold the biggest crock of shit oh, like the, hey guess what? The reality is, is that there's this fucking universe that's outside of this tiny little fucking body that you've got. Mm. And it's like pushing and pulling in all different directions. Mm. Like you're in an absolute fuck fest of inputs and outputs. And, yep. you know, it's like, there's, there's no... How do you control the flow so that all feels good yeah. all the time? It's and, craziness. And then like expect that you should be happy or that things shouldn't be be hard. Like even, I think even that's a thing where like people just people think
0: it's not even that they want to be happy. I think they they want things to be like easy. Like frictionless. Yeah. Just, just everything to move in the way that they want it to. And it's, it's kind of like, like, for example, I feel like there's this big mantra now of like, don't give a fuck. It's cool to not care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the less you care, the cooler you are. <laughs> and I, it blows my mind because I'm like, look at all the great men and, men and women in history. What do they all have in common? They were like, Cared fucking heaps. They'd have down days. I'd care. You know what I mean? They yeah, were passionate yeah, about yeah. what they did and so like when people say oh you know just don't give a fuck i'm like uh, i give a fuck like <laughs> yeah, it fucking matters to me yeah, yeah. i care about rugby league i care about yeah. you know my podcast i care about my family like this whole idea of like yeah fuck who gives a shit nothing matters it's like all right bro we'll can just end it then like who gives <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what i mean if nothing matters uh, go yeah. the whole way bro like what obviously that's a joke but you know <laughs> yeah, what i'm yeah, saying yeah. like this attitude of like just be carefree and nothing matters. Like, obviously, you've got to balance stress and all that kind of stuff. But I think that, like, some of the best art, some of the best things ever created have come out of pain and suffering. Oh, dude. Like, it, it like it's just bizarre to me, this whole mantra of, like, just don't care. Yeah. Just don't care.
1: It's funny. So, uh, again, a shout-out to the podcast you did with Benny Hannett last mm. night. But he, he was talking about when he run, won the grand final. I can't remember whether it was at the Bronx or the Cows, but mm. it was one of the... Um, one of those titles that he won. Yeah, And he was saying that like the feeling of relief, it wasn't even like excitement or <laughs> happiness. It was relief. Mm. Dude, I don't know what the fucking deal is. I've thought about it for years and years and years, but I completely agree. Mm. We don't give a fuck about the moment. Mm. Like you never care. You cross the finish line of a supercross race and it takes zero point zero zero one second to like cross that beacon yep. that says that you won You're that race. <laughs> <laughs> point. This is point zero five, bro. <laughs> that was a cheap shot. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but you cross that that beacon, right? And it takes zero. I was like, I was like, do I say it again <laughs> just to prove that I didn't mean it? <laughs> <laughs> you cross that finish line you cross that checkered flag (laughs) but it's such a small amount of time Mm. and then the feeling of and like i got to see this firsthand at the races like i would i would film the race and i'd I'd film the lead up to the race and then i'd film the racing and then i'd be there on the podium and then we'd drive back in the rental car and then we'd all get dinner Mm. and then we'd be back at the hotel room and it's over yeah it's over. Yeah. That feeling. You might have won the championship. You might have won your first. Right. Re- Guess what, bro? You're still you. <laughs> yep. Two hours later, and that feeling's passed. Yep. But what stays is relief. Yeah. So what? That's the thing that has like this lingering effect. That's like a thing that I I feel like you can enjoy. Mm. And the bigger the challenge, the the more the the higher the summit. You mm. know, like the gnarlier the grind. The, the bigger the beak. The bigger the beak. <laughs> <laughs> how how the the relationship between like how hard it was mm. is then on the flip side, like the amount of relief that you feel mm. and the, the amount that you can like enjoy that. So if you strip all of the hard things away from your life and if you remove the down days and if you remove the friction and if you remove the grind, what are you left with? <laughs> you know, like what, what, where's the sense of relief come from?
0: Honestly, like that's where I like feel... Th- that we're heading towards like we're so zombified by the netflix and like pretty like i i love netflix i love consuming content so I, it's, i'm not holier than now like i'm as guilty as anyone else but think about the amount of hours of content it's the so normal fast. person consumes compared to 20 years ago yeah like most so when you used to work you you could almost go oh i'm at work you know from nine till five but like what did you really have to go home to like in the sense of okay you get home you might see your wife but then like you're not really doing that much you might have one show on channel 9 or something that yeah, you watch yeah. whereas like now it's almost like you've got everything to get home to like yeah. the world of the internet of content to consume and so you just get home and you just consume 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 and like i'm not one for like the whole hustle culture and that carry on like i, I actually really dislike it i actually think a lot of that whole entrepreneur stuff is actually just another form of escapism, and people just use it, bro, one hundred percent, as a way to go. Oh man, my life could actually be like that, like and live vicariously through yeah. these like four or five guys yeah. that talk. Like, man, you got to work seventy hours a week, rah rah, and like you know, I'm sure there are gems of advice in it, but the whole culture around it is like almost like they it's like playing a video game. I sit down for five hours to play the video game to escape reality and enjoy the world that I'm in. Yeah, and I feel like the same with entrepreneurship with with the culture around it, not the actual the, the, the doing the entrepreneurship. Um, and so like I get concerned with like all this content. We're almost like we're already in the future. We just don't realize it yet. Yeah, I do for sure because it's happened so slowly. Like it's happened so progressive that each year or each day things get more like handed. Like we've got a phone that connects us to every bit of information in the world like that's like uh, telepathy telepathy yeah 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 i've literally like i could i could stick it there like if i stuck that there and made it part of my arm (laughs) you would think that guy's from the fucking future like there's a futuristic (laughs) android or whatever yeah but it's with us anyway um all the time yeah so it's basically that yeah and then you look at like we're already in the future in the sense that we sit there and watch incredibly famous people on twitch for hours on end consume content like, that would have been in a futuristic music movie 15 years ago and yep. would have been going, bro, that's fucked. Like, Heavy. Everything's so commodified. Yeah. So, like, th- the concern with the 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 content and the, the initial point is, like, we're already kind of there, but yep. we don't realize it. And it's almost too late to realize that we're being not intentionally zombified. It's our own fault because we choose to. That's
1: what I wonder because I think about this quite a lot, man, mm. because I'm... I'm a guy that is sitting in this chair every day making content for the internet that literally gets millions of views a month. Mm. And then, but what I'm doing is I'm telling people about like, go and live your life. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like all this, like go do this, go do Mm. that, like these experiences. And it's like, I I wonder, like, I actually wonder where does that actually sit in this ecosystem of like, are you just a part of the problem are you obviously you see the good that it does but i do wonder about that yeah, sometimes sure. like you know
0: where do you, do you land as a part of the problem or yeah do like you land outside how, of it? how much of a part yeah. of the problem
1: am am i you mm. know and i'm so cognizant in my life of how much screen time that i have and you know and i know that the more productive i am in my life is when i'm looking the least at at my phone, you know? Yeah. And then I'm, dude, I did, I did two years without watching one single movie or show. Really? Straight, just clipped everything from the program. I watched YouTube. Yep. Um, but yeah, literally two years, bro. Wow. And man, I, I went and watched him. What did I watch? What did I break my fucking, uh, (laughs) (laughs) sobriety? Sobriety. (laughs) Yeah. But I remember like, I remember sitting in the movie theater and like, it was fucking overwhelming.
0: Oh really? This like the it was sensory dick, bro. Yeah, like, wow. have it... you seen the new avatar? Nah. Is it worth it? It is. You've got to see it in the cinema, bro. Really? It is when you talk about sensory overload, it is like you're sitting there going, I'm in the future. Really? It's fucking amazing. Have you seen it, bro? No. Seen it, Griff? Why not? Trust is me. Not what you think. You, like it's it's an, it's not a movie, it's an experience. Like the storyline, it's uh so that's sad. sort of what's yeah, fucking me look, on it you know it's okay do I just have to don't worry about that put some airpods in it's no. like, it's like yeah. <laughs> listen, listen to a podcast yeah listen to a podcast <laughs> watch a movie whilst you got your laptop out and your phone yeah um, it's like imagine it's like a theme park ride. Right? yeah yeah treat it like that okay. I promise you bro it'll fucking blow your mind yeah it's just yeah. but think about
1: that though think about the physiology mm. of like what you're experiencing there and so there's another weird thing with movies right and content and this is another this is another thing I kind of like found in the two years of like not doing it Mm -hmm. and dude like when I was in America I was doing the action sports thing and I was but I wanted to be like a movie director oh really oh that's why I went there I watched like so many movies I was doing like short film I was like fully on the hustle of like trying to be a fucking
0: were you artsy like doing I was weird trying. Shit? Yeah, I was trying. Like painting with your blood and like shitting on paint Mostly calm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a good start. But I mean, no Baby one ever steps. saw it, <laughs> and it just
1: went on like <laughs> tissue paper, and then I just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. But yeah, so there was a point where I was like into it. So it's not like I like wasn't into movies. Yeah. I was definitely into movies, but I just took that time off. I was like, I'm just going to focus on my business. I'm mm-hmm. just going to like... I basically made YouTube clips and Instagram videos for two years. Yeah, and didn't do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, You're like in a basement, just like legit, pumping out clips. Bro, legit. Oh, it was fucked. Like I, I had a, I had a roommate, I love him, Jacko, and uh, he would just laugh at me. I, was, I'd like All I did was I'd get up in the morning and I would read... I'd come into work and then I'd come home and I I'd thought
0: you were gonna say I come <laughs> yeah come
1: and come and come and come I was chasing that record <laughs> but then I'd like go to jujitsu and then I'd come home and edit clips and yeah. on the weekend I'd fucking edit yeah but in, the, in that period of not watching shit and then you, you start to, like, go and watch a movie or whatever. Mm. There was, like, such an overload of, like, sensory overload when you don't do it for so long. Mm. Like, man, I like, felt everything. Really and I was, wow. like, emotional. And like, I had tears in my eyes and, like, fucking... fucking hell. Dude, it was, like, he- oh, what what movie? Fuck, it was about... What was her name? Oh, uh, one of the, um, the African-American first singers, like, and there was a crazy movie that came out. She got, like, the... Cops planted heroin on her and shit. I can't fucking
0: remember. Not like, oh, and obviously not Whitney Houston. Um, nah, oh, Hudson. No, nah. Anyway, it was it
1: was way way back at that. But anyway, yeah.
0: but I I remember
1: like I just felt everything. I was like had tears more. Yeah. I was, like it was a full on experience. Mm. And then as as I started, I'd like watch a show here or there. There's something that's crazy about being able to have a human interaction and it be like on this screen right and you're staring into a person's eyes mm. and like right now i'm like looking into your eyes <laughs> but i'm on the other side of it yeah like i'm on the other side of your gaze yeah. so you can see what i'm doing you <laughs> yeah, can yeah, like yeah. you can read what i'm doing and so i have to read you you have to read me like mm. we're in this thing together right yeah so like the things that i do will impact like how you think and feel and, yep. and whatever and then we're constantly reading those those things mm. when you go to the cinema you get to like sit there and just be completely unimplicated yeah by that other person's gaze like and you just it's so it's so voyeuristic in a way that because we've all watched TV our whole life yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't think people have ever really stopped to think about like if let's say that that cinema was like taken away instantly. And then the person that was on the that you thought was on the movie theater was looking back at you. Mm. Fuck, you'd feel weird.
0: That's so true. Like That's it so would true. be such
1: like a crazy weird feeling to go from like unimplicated yeah. to implicated.
0: You you almost you don't exist to them, and they don't exist to you. To existing in each other's world yeah. and impacting the environment around you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it goes back to like the. It's it's almost when you see something on TV. And then you see the person in real life or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And like on, the t- they're so much larger than life when you see them in a movie, on even on a screen. Like on yeah. your, you, you see, you, let's say you, your favorite content that you watch on your phone. I even feel like when you see the person in real life, there's it's almost this harsh reality to. Oh, that's just a person. Yeah, and yeah. it's you know it's not coming from a place of like, oh, they're just a person. It's just actually like a loser. Was, yeah. yeah, it's not that at all. But it's, it's weird. It's a weird interaction. They're in your with, yeah, space yeah, yeah, now. Yeah. Whereas you're right. Like when you're not in each other's space, but our monkey brains of hundreds of thousands of years have only experienced being in each other's space. Yeah. So you're sitting there it's even like when you when someone leaves a negative comment on your Instagram when you really think about it you're going this guy is just a fucking random like he I, does not exist. He does not exist. <laughs> yeah. But because my monkey brain is thinking someone just said that to me that is within my vicinity yeah because it's only, it doesn't my monkey brain doesn't know about the yeah. you know, technology or whatever. It gets me angry. You still feel the feeling. Yeah. Whereas if someone said like... Like it got back to me 10 years later or this random dude said that your podcast was shit. I'd be like, cool, bro. Like, yeah. you know, or whatever. Because <laughs> it's there in front of me, I, you know. I And so you're totally right about that. Like in your environment, it's just a different... It's like a different even um, plane.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then degree.
0: And then you get to...
1: You can like analyze and you've got all this time to analyze and internalize and like think about how it reflects on your own personal experience and like because you don't have any required action yeah so that you know so you can just sit and soak it in
0: and it's like you can think about yourself it's and almost what like, it's almost a
1: selfish act it's bizarre you man. know what i mean like,
0: because you're getting you all you're doing is sitting there going everything that's happening on screen is for me yeah yeah and and also on top of that i don't have to do nothing for
1: it yeah and and you're unimplicated yeah and there's no there's no uh there's no effort that it's it's completely like voyeuristic yeah. and and i think and yeah i mean i think about it all the time they like why do we love content yeah you know, like because like it was a joke we we're making at the start like oh yeah do it for content or yeah whatever. like but, oh, shut
0: up don't, don't say that because it's great for the potty <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah
1: but we are fucking obsessed with the, and i i I still haven't figured it out. It's mm. like exactly what what is that pointing to? Like, mm. what's the tip of that spear? And is I I don't even know that. Collectively, we know what it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, is it like because the test of time of stories or something? You know, like is it is it being able to watch something and being able to take it away from it? Like, for example, I guess the oldest version of it would be sitting around a camp campfire, fire, yeah, yeah, just telling a story, yeah yeah does it go all the way as deep as that and we're just visually showing it now rather than verbally describing the story and that's what's like to to wrap it all up and bring it all together like that's what a podcast is it's like around it's around the campfire yeah and so when people kind of like oh our podcasts are here are they going to stay and i was like Guys, podcasts are the oldest form of content in the world. I completely agree. In the newest form of technology, which is the internet. Yeah. It is literally storytelling. That's it. Yeah. And you'll never run out of stories to tell. People always want to hear them. And I, I wonder, it must be... Is it the escapism, maybe? You know, you, you, you escape into that story. I'm not sure. It's it's so bizarre, so bizarre. It's funny that you say that. Like, I've always drawn the same analogy
1: to the mm. campfire. And, yeah. like, growing up in Cairns, like, that was what we did. Like, we just went, went camping. Like, we always went up yeah. Bush, Cape York. And that's, like, my earliest memories is of a campfire. And that's literally what this is, you know? Mm. And, and you got, like, the two dudes that are telling the story and everyone around the campfire is listening. But mm. in this case, it's just hundreds of thousands of people you that know, you just what don't
0: I, know. I will say is, like, telling a yarn, there's just only few that can do it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you hear someone that can't tell a yarn try to tell a yarn, <sighs> it's fucking painful. And I'll be honest, I think most people can't just like i can't draw for shit i can't sing for shit you know what i mean like there's stuff that i can't do there's stuff that i can't do but i always wonder as well as like is there some kind of genetic trait that is passed on that makes you because like storytellers have been the core of tribes for. who
1: did you have in your life when you were a kid that was a good storyteller
0: well my dad worked all the time i never really you know like especially early on so i didn't see him that much I read a bit, I guess. Not not okay. heaps though. Okay. Not heaps. Like I, I, I'm a big fiction fan. Like I don't really read um, nonfiction. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll probably pass. Like so, my brother was reading a lot, and then so I started to read. Not a lot, but I mean, I read. Do you read some much now? Yeah, every night, but like just little snippets. And I'm I'm actually just rereading a book I've read fucking a million times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Farseer trilogy. It's like a. What is it? It's called the Farseer trilogy. It's like a, a fictional. Um, yeah, it's like fictional. It's like medieval to a degree. I like all that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like is there like a genetic... Like for example, the oldest culture in the world is the indigenous culture. Yeah. And they literally used to pass down their culture... Through stories. Through stories. Yeah. And so there has, there's got to be some connection. I don't know what it is. I'm not, I'm not intelligent enough to find that. Yeah. But the oldest culture in the world was an oral tradition... Not books and rah-rah. It was stories, metaphors around the... You know, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. And it's just... it. You know, if someone said, oh, he's a good storyteller, it's like, well, she's a good story." It's like, oh, whatever. But when you actually think about it, you're like, the power in that is almost infinite.
1: Oh, it's actually scary. Yeah. Like, Hitler was a good storyteller. Which is fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Trump, good storyteller. Yeah,
0: and, it, and it, like, it's, you know the power of being able to sway people with your words yeah. is almost, you know, they always say the pen's mightier than the sword but like, it kind of is. Yeah. Like it kind of is.
1: I think about it all the time with the the sport in Supercross like it's inadvertently like it wasn't I'm not something I ever thought would happen or like necessarily like wanted to happen and at times I feel conflicted about it mm. but like we can talk about stuff on the podcast or like I'll have a Big name guy come on the show, mm. and he'll talk about some shit, and then it changes things. Mm. Like, th- and you'd have it too, I'm mm. sure, with mm. with what you've done, and you you see, like, I'm no like ten years ago, I was just like trolling after parties, <laughs> making out with fucking random, picking up like, crumbs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and <laughs> now I'm over here doing this, and it's like the words that you say can literally like start things that lead into you know into action and, and granted which being like positive you know like i feel like lucky in the sense that intentions are always good yeah uh but yeah like the power that you can have in controlling the narrative and the power that it's given players oh, and races and yeah. drivers to to control their own narrative mm. and to to go like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. hang on a second yeah like, this is what happened <laughs> and yeah. if you give me an hour I'll fucking tell you exactly what the deal is, yeah, yeah. and then take you take your shit from this, like yeah. me actually saying it, mm. change the game, dude. Yeah, and and you think about as well, like the being independent media,
2: mm.
1: like that's never been really a, a, thing. a thing, man. Yeah. Like I mean, it's been a thing, but it's always been swallowed by the the Mur- Murdoch's of the yeah. world and the CNNs and the mm. and then you get like these fucking like a Rogan or a Jordan Peterson or a like, you know I think that like
0: you could argue Rogan has more power than CNN oh he, like easily he does you know like which easily is, and like that that's just incredible like that's it's almost mind blowing it doesn't seem real um, and again it all all the power of a story what's interesting as well about podcast is that like when you actually look at the the research that's been done. The advertising dollars that are still in old media, it's like five percent in podcasts. If that dude, that is what's crazy. You know, so when that shifts, when 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 um and look, it'll take longer than expected because they're all in each other's pockets, you know, the ad agencies, the head of the the big networks, like they're yeah. all it's all, you know, you do this for me, you do that for me. But it is slowly changing. When that changes and you see even twenty percent, like twenty imagine 50 let's say 50 percent comes to new media like it'll almost be a seismic shift in the world because and it seems dramatic it seems dramatic but imagine no it's it's bang on imagine how many more joe rogans and again this is coming from a guy that disagrees with a a lot of the new stuff that he says and everyone's entitled to their opinion i don't dislike him for it i just personally disagree with it so i'm not some joe rogan fanboy anymore like I, i respect incredibly what he did um but imagine a hundred more of them because of the resources that have been turned into podcasting, yeah. that they don't have to necessarily be exactly like Joe. What I mean is the impact that he has, yeah. and all of a sudden, you've got a system where people are. I mean, it's a double-edged sword because you can create echo chambers, yeah. you know, because it's people that only tune into what they want to tune into. But at the same time, it almost makes it. It's ta- more democratic. Exactly, it can take. It takes the power away from one person being going. Yeah. not one person, but like. A group of Four organizations or a, yeah, yeah, going, yeah. this is the narrative that we're going to be pushing right now. Like the amount of stuff, and I don't want to get into it like left or right or, you know, yeah. server, I don't get into any of that stuff. But the amount of stuff that you would be shocked at how many issues we don't have, but they just get politicized. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So you're being told constantly there's a problem because the whole setup is this. I tell you there's a problem, guess who can fix it? Right yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. And so like that is the power of the huge organizations they can do that now I'm not sitting here saying that like you know tinfoil heart this is happening all the time but I'm sure there are agendas from people in power saying yeah. this is our messaging for this party you know can you push this this and this or whatever yeah. Um. And, and some of it may be real issues and some of it may not be some yeah. may be semi-issues or whatever and so the power of like independent media is is that it, it decentralizes that power yeah. and again if we could find a way to not make a everyone go into bubbles because yeah. then it gets even more divisive. Then it's the power back to the people because it's your tuning into what you believe is true and has integrity kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and then there's always like capitalism is built. This is kind of, it's funny, like it's probably a, a much bigger conversation but like we just started our own membership website. Mm. So it's like eleven ninety nine a month or you can do like an annual thing and you get early access to the pod. You get some like it's its benefits but the podcast is all still free yeah. like so there's no there's no there's no podcast that you can't access right yeah. but i just i believe that the the ad model's broken you know mm. like i just i don't think that the internet survives on ads forever like yeah. and if you go back through the history of the internet then you see why it was like this like initially people banks would not let payments be processed online mm. that was it Yeah. so you had these websites that were getting millions and millions of page views and they but they couldn't sell anything mm. so they had millions of people access to this they couldn't access those people on the internet to sell so what did they do they then sold the eyeballs to advertisers so this whole this whole model that we're in of like ads and marketing agencies and them spending money on the networks and all of this it, it wasn't some like grand conspiracy fucking thing where like these guys wanted to stay with these. Yeah. It's literally just like how the internet was built as a thing that was very new only, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, And so we've just kind of like headed off in this direction. Google came through and figured out the ad thing. Mm. And now all of our businesses revolve around ads, you know. Yeah. And then you get a guy like uh, mm. before Rogan and before these like influential people there's no competition in that marketplace Mm. like there wasn't even competition for those uh you know like the big ad dollars that were going to the the huge networks you know so like you get a guy like that and these other podcasts that that pop up and now you've actually got some competition in the marketplace but i think i just think ultimately everything leads away from from ads essentially because it was just was the first model Mm. it's the, the early way that they could monetize the internet but it just it, oh man i could go on forever about it but like it creates you have to do a certain amount of content you mm. have to post on a certain schedule you have to do X, Y, and Z. it's very formulaic like mm. modern creativity is held at ransom to an advertising model yeah essentially you know mm. and then for for us like mm. i got to the point where i was like man I actually want to spend a lot more time being a content company than a fucking ad agency. Yeah. You know, I just mm. literally felt, and again, we got we got great sponsors and like the partners that I, I have got are awesome, but like we just don't have a lot because mm. I don't find that many people that I'm like super down to yeah put that time and energy kind of mm. into, you know? Yeah. So I think that there's a, you get a guy like that that comes along like it is like a seismic shift and i feel like it's happened mm. but the full like the tidal wave like the repercussions of it yeah haven't kind of hit us yet but i think it all just points to like we're just going away from like an yeah. advertiser model yeah
0: yeah like because you know back in the day as well like subscribing to something for five dollars was almost a bit of a punish like you know yeah. you got to get all these checks and balances but as it becomes you know more secure and everything like you might have 20 different subscriptions that are a dollar each or something a yeah. month um, and so I, I agree with you I think like the subscription model as in or Patreon or, or whatever you want to call it like I think that's almost the purest form of content that you could probably do because yeah. you are still beholden to an audience so there's no there's always going to be a bias to lean towards what pays people financially. To, yeah yeah um, to a degree but at least it's the people that support the show instead of people that are trying to like sell a product i guess exactly and so like it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy of like well if you are biased towards that community you're going to create content that community enjoys so it kind of helps and so I, i in a perfect world like i really think that would be the best way forward for everyone is like just a subscription so that you know, the content creators can live. Because like, that's the double-edged sword of the, the internet is like, you know, the amount of content you get for free and yeah. the amount of hours that go into it. Like for, there might be a video that gets put up, it has 30,000 views. Now that gets no money on YouTube, like literally zero dollars. Yeah, and yet there's at least, let's say 30,000 views, there's at least 15,000 unique people that probably watch the whole thing. Yeah. Like that's 15,000 people. That's that an arena. Got an hour... Maybe law like for my podcast on Mondays four hours, and they do or don't have to pay for it. Yeah, you know, and so I'm I, I'm not of the mind of like every, you should be paying for everybody content. Not at all. I like, still think I the like, free contents a great. It's thing. Great. Yeah. It's great. It's great yeah. because it gives you opportunity to get the loyal audience. Then the loyal or most people are pretty uh, not my, well. A lot of people are quite. Um, they understand the situation where, yeah. like, for example, if you say guys like. You know, if you're just honest with them, like, oh, guys, like, I'm going a subscription. Um, you'll still get the podcast, but you know, I'd really appreciate it if you enjoy hours of content a, a week. I'd really appreciate it if you would subscribe. A lot of people will go, you know what? It's actually fair that I subscribe yeah. because I do get so much enjoyment out of it. And when you get to that, that's like, in my opinion, the. Essence of capitalism where yeah, yeah. there's this fair trade that, that's yeah. what it started as. Yeah, I got yeah, apples. Yeah, yeah, you got a pair of shoes. I need the shoes. You need the apples. Whereas it's gotten a bit poisoned, not a bit, a lot poisoned. Where you know, I've got shoes, your I much- got shoes that cost three cents to make, and yep. because I'm telling you that they're fucking legs, amazing, your feet are about to fall off or some shit. Yeah, you've got your whole house behind you. Yeah so you've got to choose between your house and your feet yeah yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that's where it's kind of gotten to <laughs> yeah whereas the perfect version is is both parties go man it, it was it, it was honestly they didn't even give anything away yeah it was just a trade yeah Yeah. and, and that I think is like long term I hope I mean it's very glass half full thing in you know, optimistic, all that kind of stuff. No, but I, I mean, we've,
1: we've seen that. Like, it's, we, we didn't have like a, a crate. It's not like our entire audience was just like, yes. Yeah. But I mean, have all this
2: cash. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but people have slowly that, and like, we put up a, a podcast. Like, I think, I think the thing is, like, if you really, if you're like a gnarly dude that like listens to every single show the day it comes out, then mm. this is for you. Yeah. Because you just literally get it like the next day as opposed to having to wait like weeks you know mm. and the people that have joined they I've sent everyone an email saying thanks and, yep. and the people are just like hey I've enjoyed this for a really long time and I've like I'm super pumped to support you and it's like thanks that's awesome I appreciate that that's yep. what we're doing it for that's why it's here now mm. we can be in contact you know like it, it's uh it's for the people that want it it's there mm. and if you're a person that wants to listen to it for free it's still there yeah. and then I got sponsors on those Podcast because I need some compensation for the freeness of the thing, yeah, for the massive (laughs) freeness. Yeah,
0: like it's it's interesting if you actually showed the community. Like I get, you know, for example, our Monday show probably about sixty to sixty-five thousand downloads for the Monday show. You're looking at about forty to fifty thousand. Out of that, if you were to say like, "Hey guys, could you pay a dollar per show?" You honestly might get. Three thousand people that yeah. would pay that dollar, yeah, and so like it's still tiny percentage of people that are willing to, which is yeah. cool. I get it. I'm a I'm a content consumer too. If I had to pay for everything I consume, yeah, yeah, be yeah. fucked. But I think a lot of people don't realize how many people are just consuming it for free, for free, for free. Um, but I do I do think that portion of like, as you said, of people that are going, are almost like becoming not trained. It's a condescending word, but like understanding the situation. You know what I mean? Whereas back in the day, if you were a company that I consumed content from, I'd just see you as a huge conglomerate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in my head, you're fucking me some way. Like, even though that might be true. I'm paying for this somehow. Somehow I'm paying for this, whether it's some million ads or whatever. Whereas I think more people are getting to the point where they're like understanding, oh, this is just a dude and his mate you know and he's got wages to pay like even if half the people pay he's not some billionaire or whatever (laughs) you know you know what i'm saying yeah so i think that people are coming a bit more literate and trustworthy of the the businesses that they're engaging with
1: and i think there's a bit of it to to your point before about understanding that you're getting fed a narrative from like big media (laughs) and you know and i so i think people are I, I think the subscription model is going to work. and I, I, We might be five years early. We mm. might be 10 year, Maybe it doesn't happen. But in my mind, I just, I think it's the way um, that it's going. But because you're going to get people that like, they're going to cancel their cable. Yeah. Like people don't want fucking Fox and
0: CNN. And, I haven't watched normal TV in years, bro. Yeah. Like the last time I genuinely sat down and watched normal, like mainstream TV, it might be 10 years, bro. Yeah like honestly 10 years like I couldn't there's not a single part of me that wants to sit back and just watch Home and Away watch Home and Away or whatever like I remember when I met my wife now and like you know I wasn't anal about it or whatever but I was like I just said to her like this, this so you brought up TV. anal right when you met her yeah 100% that's oh, how I met her that's sick <laughs> fair play <laughs> <laughs> she's a naughty girl a no, god bless no. <laughs> no no and so um, like I kind of had to not explain because it wasn't condescending or whatever but I was like this is making your brain mush. Yeah, yeah. Like all you're seeing all day on the news is like fire here, person dies here, the world's gonna like nuclear war is on the radar and this, that and don't get me wrong like these bad things are happening but again our monkey brains were not designed Do you need to be told this all day, every day? Do you our monkey brains were not to be designed to hear every bit of the world's problems. Yeah. You're only really supposed to know your community's problems yeah and so this overload of like world-ending stuff it turns your brain to mush yeah and so eventually like she wasn't like terrible at it but like eventually she's like you know what i stopped watching tv for a little bit and my mood is just different yeah it's different and so you know i hear about the things i have to hear about for sure like i'm not yeah you'll hear
1: about the war in russia yeah without watching the news every fucking
0: day and like oh, oh my god like you know for example if you were to take their word for it like Russia were dropping nukes. Oh yeah, two it's months over. ago. Yeah, yeah, like if you were going to listen to what the news was saying, and I'm not sitting here saying that I have any insight into the the Russia Ukraine war. So I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying from a consumer perspective. you took perspective,
1: it on face value, yeah. the world ended. Or it was World War
0: Three in February last in, year. Exactly. And that's again, I'm not trying to take anything away from the Ukrainian people or anything. I don't know, like what their heartbreak they're going through. I'm just saying from a media perspective, from a news perspective. Yeah, you you just you can't afford to. It'll fuck your mind up. Yeah. Imagine being a young kid and you, the 24-hour news has been on since you were like eight years old. You would think the world is literally the worst place in the world. Yeah. Like, worst place in like, the world, <laughs> is the worst, in the universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, whereas like, compare that to maybe a young, uh, let's say another kid where he's being told of all the opportunity in the world or she's yeah. being told yeah. of all the opportunity. Yeah. They're going to have completely different outlooks on life. Yeah. I, I'd be pretty confident in saying, and obviously I've got no science to back it up, One would be a pessimist and one would be an optimist one would be an optimist yeah, yeah. your environment matters man it matters massively
1: yeah nah nah I completely agree well mate I got a black tie to get to yes Yes. I, I know. have thoroughly enjoyed this podcast mate you're a fucking G thanks uh, bro and yeah I'm stoked that we finally got to do it have a bit of a yarn and um
0: I have to do it again bro dude yeah I was gonna we say didn't like, we, yeah, didn't, we didn't even talk about bloke we didn't even talk about, about anything, anything with the career I, I played a bit of footy bro if you want to know did another. you ask? yeah just, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh no I just i was gonna talk about myself a bit so, no we def- definitely need a, a part next two. time i'm up on the goldie yeah What's when's your next when's your next trip you reckon i reckon probably two to three weeks yeah okay back cool. do some.
1: and uh so bloke in a bar is the podcast bloke beer is
0: uh fuck we didn't talk about anything bro <laughs> <laughs> like it? like it's, i'm gonna sound like a dick but i actually have the biggest sports podcast in the country <sighs> <laughs> i cooked it <laughs> i don't give a fuck i enjoyed it uh it was good it. to talk it was just good to have a, a good old i fashion, appreciate it i'll be back now. up any flow yeah. like, because like man every time oh, i'll let you go every time i get to the gold coast i'm like man i've got to move back up here yeah. it's fucking so beautiful yeah
1: No, well, we've enjoyed having you in the studio this week um yep yeah, check out check out the uh pods that were ripped out of here this week and uh yeah appreciate you coming on and next time
0: we'll talk about more Shit that you do <laughs> <laughs> Thanks mate Thanks for having me And uh, as I said I'll be back on Appreciate it brother Boom
1: Thanks bro Fuck that That went way too quick That went super quick oh. no.